0: Come from. Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. From outer
1: space. And welcome back to the podcast from outer space. We're coming to you from sunny San Diego, so don't touch that dial because we'll be here for a while. It's your boy, Rob Scott. We got. The postman from outer space, a.k.a. T-Bag, a.k.a. Adam Narlock in the
2: house. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening.
1: And as always, it's the tech Wiz, Ryan Scott. How are we doing, everybody? And welcome to episode 93, where we will be breaking down the 27 Club for y'all. Yes,
3: back once again after a long hiatus. Uh, you know, we wanted to get this out sooner. Uh, I did contract COVID. You might pick up... Uh, little sickness in the voice there you know still recovering Um, would you say you're down
1: with the sickness i I was down (laughs) with the sickness for a little bit uh now was this a listener request uh i think it was a while back i honestly don't remember who though unfortunately so whoever requested it here you go buddy
3: okay because the 27 club i think most people have probably heard about this would you say
1: um, I feel like most, maybe most people are age, yes, but okay. maybe for a younger audience, we might need mm, to uh, okay because they're that older down. artists. You would say maybe. I mean, I feel like a couple of them are like classic, you know, like yeah, Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like some may refer to him as Jemai Hendrix. Yeah.
3: Okay. 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 <laughs> now, I, and again, this is a pretty popular possible. <laughs> This is a pretty popular possible Illuminati overlord type conspiracy, or possibly into that. Okay. <laughs> well, or possibly it's just a mere coincidence. You know. Either way, we are here to break it down and let you, the loyal legion, decide. Uh, now, I know this seems a bit out of the our realm of topics because we, I think we've been trying to put together an episode on this for a while, um, but you know, it just didn't fit. Didn't seem to work. Could never get the research there. Um, but I gotta say, with our celebrity clones episode, that's like been our biggest episode that we've recently dropped. Uh, you know, so yeah, it seems people love celebs,
1: love the gossip. Uh, this episode's got plenty of that. Maybe you're familiar with E News. People love it. Now, I know you guys might be hearing this. Some of you think weird. I thought it was a 23 Club, but (laughs) you know, not as many musicians have actually died at the age of 23. No, 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 no. This
3: is not to be confused with. Uh, teabag and my suicide pact. Uh, <laughs> pact. Yes, we had a suicide pact. It was an agreement, blood, oath. blood brother oath. That How we would, would that would, happen? You're younger. What do you mean? 23. Yeah, we would say if we lived past 23, we would kill each other. So that's not really a suicide. Well, murder suicide, or maybe it's Murph. like <laughs> if you kill each other, that's murder. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like. Uh, it's like that fucking, uh, well, okay, murder pact. There you go. What if it's like a Han Grito type situation? Well, exactly. yeah, that's what I was saying. So that would be, well, that would be murder. <laughs> 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 Suicide pact would be if we both pulled the trigger on our own heads. Yeah, but if you're, you said you're shooting each other but then killing mean, each other. Meanwhile, like, like Adam shoots in the air and then I'm the only one that dies or something like that. Like that movie, um, Murder by Numbers. You ever mm.
2: see that? Now you're bringing me suicidal thoughts. <laughs> <for five years. laughs>
3: no, this is not suicidal big, tendencies. You okay, might say. we did have that pact. Obviously, it didn't bode well for us, and I'm glad that I didn't die at the age of 23.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but it, I'm surprised I made it.
3: I will say this pact does kind of play into this episode because when you're a kid and you learn about this, like this will go into our next, like, where did you first hear about it? For me, at least, like, you know, I kind of idolized some of these guys as a kid. You know, I remember <laughs> hearing Nirvana. Kurt Cobain was really fucking cool. I remember idolizing... Yeah, that teen spirit. He did smell like that teen spirit. And I remember uh, idolizing Sid Vicious as a kid.
2: Oh, yeah. You had the locket and everything. Yeah, these
3: people are cool, and then you kind of look up to them. And then, like, when you're old... And also, when you're that age, you realize, like, 27, you know, that seems, like, so far off. That seems like such an older age. But, like, now looking back, 27 seems very young. And these... People are kind of like degenerates, heroin junkies. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, I'm not like I'm not degenerates.
2: Like, well, <laughs> no, hey, not
3: all. <laughs> yes, well, yeah, we're speaking a
1: little bit. Most of them, though. No, yeah,
3: that's what I'm saying. Like most of them were did live that sort of lifestyle. That's just like you know, not something I guess to be looked up to. And maybe that was a problem. But Happy I mean, maybe. But yeah, I mean, I think we'll get into all this. But what about you guys? Like, when did you hear about the club? What do you know about the club? Any conspiracy angles or anything like that? What do we got? T-Bag?
2: Bro, I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like I remember months ago Rob saying something about Well, yeah, we were talking, we were just coming up with episodes to do, and he said Twenty Seven Club, and I'm just like, all right, I don't know what that is. I'll just wait for Rob to piece together an outline and learn from that.
1: You never heard but, of it before that. I, had never I had heard honestly
2: had never heard of it, man. And then like I swear Apple's listening in because I started getting like random articles about the Twenty Seven Club. Apple, Google, really, you
1: name it, they're listening to
2: Yeah. Me. That's what I'm saying, man. They're dropping me all these subtle hints. But then we were picking softball numbers, and my boy picked 27 because of the 27 Club. And it all started to click.
3: Okay. Now, that was recent. Crazy for that one. Yeah. And did you ask him anything about it? What he knew? Uh, what did he say?
2: Well, yeah. I said, why 27? And he goes, because my cousin's in the 27 Club. And I said, oh, shit, what's that? Because we're about to do an episode about that for our podcast. And, and then like, he felt you felt know? like an asshole.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
1: Hell yeah, dude. About to, do a, a, about to do an episode. <laughs> yeah, about to glorify the club, dude. <laughs> uh, okay. All right, how about you, Rob? Well, it's no secret that your boy got into uh playing guitar at a young age and uh our boy Jimi Hendrix was a you know, big inspiration for me. I started music, uh I started getting pretty heavy into some of his music and then you know, researching the man's life. And I was like, holy shit, dude, 27. I mean, when you think how you said earlier, 27 now seems mm-hmm. young to us. And at a young age, it seems old. old yeah. But when you think about someone passing away at the age of 27, you're like, damn, that's pretty young to go at. So Even when you're young, though? Like when I was young, I was like, damn, 27 Club? But they,
3: these people like accomplished so much. But then when you look back at it now, you're like, damn, that
0: person's
1: fucking crazy for accomplishing that much at that young of an age. Yeah. But mm-hmm. then then you could also think of it as they're gone at 27. Think of how much more they could have mm-hmm. accomplished or how much more they could have put out if yep. they weren't taken so young, you know? Yeah. Okay. And so what did you learn about the club? Though, well, Just I think, like, I think uh, that kind of opened my eyes to, I had obviously... You know, growing up, we listened to The Doors, The Beatles, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I I already had a familiarization with Jim Morrison. I didn't really get into uh, Janis Joplin until I started looking more into that, though. And, you know, got to say, she had some fucking tunes, baby. Is that cannoli good, bud? Yeah. Okay, Are you going to so- be eating cannolis last? <laughs> <laughs> I, might, I might have to. <laughs> it's a fucking homage to
3: Gandolfini, dude. Is that your only friend? <clears throat> All right. So let's hop into it because let's get into the history. So the 27 Club, this is basically a club that people are just dying to get into.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting okay.
3: for it. Okay. It's an infamous club consisting of popular musicians, artists, actors, and athletes? Question mark? Question is mark? Is there... Well, I think that one athlete I found was that guy... That guy. You might know this guy, T-Bag. He was a big football guy, and then he like quit to go like fight in Afghanistan and he died in combat.
2: Is that Pat Tillman?
3: Maybe. I think it was him. I believe it was him. Don't quote me on that. But it was some athlete that died in combat in Afghanistan. It's got to be him, right? Who else has done that? A couple of guys. Tim Tebow? No. (laughs) (laughs) He's only a soldier of the Lord. Okay. Okay. So, um, you know, this club consisting of popular musicians, artists, actors, athletes, um they've all died at the age of 27, hence the name 27 Club. Now, typically the way of death is the result of a drug and and or alcohol abuse or violent means such as homicide, suicide, or a transportation related accident.
1: Now, this oh, shit. Or their <laughs> strange spouse kills them.
3: Well, this description was pulled from Google and I got to say like isn't that just basically the main ways you can die early? Like, what <laughs> what else is there? Homicide, suicide, tr- or like a car accident? Like, those are the main... Those are probably the main ways you could, like, die early.
2: Well, yeah, you're probably not having a heart attack at 27. I mean, I guess it was drug-induced. Well, yeah. sadly,
3: Jim Morrison died of natural causes <laughs> at the age of 27. Like, that's not something you hear in any of these deaths, obviously.
2: Now look, I, I just got to go back because I think this is great. I had to research that Pat Tillman thing, and I think the athlete Rob was referring to is actually one uh, Aaron Hernandez, 27 Club. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, I, did know I didn't know that. I, did, I really did not know that.
3: <laughs> and, well, was it also Tillman as well?
2: No, I think he was 26, honestly.
3: Okay, okay, well, Different. there we go. And I'm honestly
2: asking. Oh no! It says twenty-seven. Okay, so it was him. All right. So there we go, right. man.
3: That's pretty. That's actually pretty crazy. We we're just connecting those dots right now. <laughs> um, okay, now, now, Kurt Cobain and Jimi Hendrix's biographer Charles R. Cross wrote, "Quote: The number of musicians who died at twenty-seven is truly remarkable by any standard." Although humans die regularly at all ages, there is a statistical spike for musicians who die at 27. Now, he wrote this, um, but although this claim of this like statistical spike for the death of musicians at that age has been repeatedly disproven by research, the 27 Club remains a cultural phenomenon ingrained and immortalized in the fabric of pop culture and conspiracy lore. Uh, So let's dive into the history of this club and look at the phenomenon for ourselves. Now, before we do, let's just preface this with like, we are obviously not going to cover every single member's death in detail. Uh, We're probably not even going to name all the members, Um, but I have covered our bases. Uh, Rob and I have covered the bases for the main members and the high strangeness surrounding their deaths, so to speak. Because, yes, Rob did help me put together this outline. Um, so. Did help.
2: Oh, is this a cool little club you guys got going on? No teabag allowed? The no teabag club? Well, you backed out on club? our
3: last pact.
2: You
1: backed out on our last <laughs> pact.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, no. So,
0: Apparently,
1: you didn't even know what this was. Yeah, now. Until today. That's true. Because that's when you read the outline. <laughs> <laughs> now... As far as I could find,
3: it seems that the whole idea of this club started in the late 60s, early 70s, 1969 to 1971 to be precise, uh, when within three years we would see the lives of Brian Jones, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, and Jim Morrison all gone at the now infamous age of 27. So, boom. I mean, massive coincidence right off the bat to start the club. And it seems to that these are the main members of the club. The uh, big four, we'll call them. Let's first get into Brian Jones. Now, I got to ask you guys before we get into this. Stones or Beatles? What are you guys? Stones or Beatles?
2: Beatles.
1: I'm going to go Beatles.
3: Ooh, okay. So, I'm the only Stones guy, dude. I'm going Stones all the way, man. You always did. Yep. Now, Brian Jones... Sadly, passed away on the 3rd of July, 1969, at the age of 27. Now, he was the leader, and some would say the reason the Rolling Stones exist. Um, And he met his untimely end at 27, alone in his swimming pool. So the story goes, you know, know, cue the... uh, I'm thinking maybe some, like, Rolling Stones background music. Nice. Now, the story goes... Briefly following his departure from the legendary rock group, Brian was heavily self-medicating with a combo of sleeping pills, copious amounts of alcohol, and the combination of that and his pool did not go well for this living legend. Um, so, he, you know, here we have a young, famous musician diving into the deep end, no pun <laughs> intended, with a mysterious That was death. my joke. <laughs> you didn't highlight it. Now, on paper, this all makes sense. You know, Bry. if we can call him Bri. Yeah, we'll call him Bri. Okay, we'll call him Bri. Bri. guy, yeah. Yeah, Bry was fucked up. He hit the pool. Not like hit it physically <laughs> like he goes. Well, maybe, he maybe. Did. We <laughs> don't know. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. He went to we go swimming in the pool and sadly drowned. Now, since his passing, many, many darker tales have surfaced, Um, Just a few, several sources claim Brian met his death at the hands of his former band manager who wanted to be sure Brian left the Stones alone for good. Uh, Others claim this guy, the guys he hired for contracting work on his house and then stiffed on a payday, made a visit to his home that night to collect their over 70k debt. Now <laughs> like
1: Hey great, guys Thanks for the work Go ahead and fuck yeah, off
3: yeah, Great plan Come to my house And do work You got my address <laughs> You got my number You got access To the house uh, Yeah just go ahead And do 70k of work And then fuck off <laughs> Okay well
1: To to his defense though I watched the uh, doc On this guy's life Bry, Our boy Bry, okay. And uh, it was saying like As these guys Were working on his house They were like hitting on his wife just coming in the kitchen making themselves sandwiches i mean Kinda that's classic like, that's classic <laughs> <would> you <laughs> no. do that if you're working on <laughs> i'm saying that's
3: classic like contractor
1: behavior like
3: construction oh, yeah. guy behavior, yeah so this you know? guy was
1: pissed and he was like hey get the fuck out of here okay he was like well you guys have been uh, hitting on my wife taking my food so get the fuck out of here and they just said this guy's a fucking drunk
3: ood and we just drown him in his pool some people think that. Okay, okay. So what really happened to Brian Jones?
1: The world? may never know. But like goddamn, can we respect the man who started arguably one of the greatest rock and roll bands we've ever known?
3: Yeah, I would say one of
1: the greatest. I, I would say probably the greatest. The greatest. Well, how about of all Most time? Most influential, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Stones, man. Better than the
3: Beatles. Yeah. Um, now You roll- heard it here first. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Even you just said the Beatles were one of your favorites. Now, so are you flipping after the no, legends? I would, okay. No. <laughs> okay. I was so, just rolling with it. All right. Now, let's get no it, pun intended. Let's get into the me- next member. Rolling right along, uh, September eighteenth, nineteen seventy. Now, personally, this is one of Rob's, as he said, all time personal favorite musicians of all time. You'd say? How about of all time? Okay. Uh, now, this is the late, great Jimi Hendrix, who met his demise early on the morning of September 18th, 1970, in jolly old England. Now, here we have another gifted young legend encapsulated by fame and all the vices of the rock star life. You know, you know, it's that famous line, rock star lifestyle might not make it. That was based on Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> You know, we got alcohol, pills, and Rob wrote, Pussy Galore.
2: It's like looking (laughs) in a damn mirror, isn't it?
3: (laughs) (laughs) So this guy, he's doing it all, you know, and the mixture would eventually lead to his end. Uh, Now, once again, we got a young, talented rock star, Jimmy in his heyday. He's killing the music game. He's getting ladies, boozing, smoking, drinking. He's popping pills that he can't even pronounce. And according to medical reports... Jimmy passed away due to asphyxiation and was unable to be resuscitated upon arrival to the London hospital. Now, there's claims out there that he was, a CIA, he was on a CIA-FBI hit list and was taken out in a drug OD cover-up. Others say that he was actually poisoned. Uh, some say his manager did it to cash out on his life insurance policy. Now I did a little diving into this. Hendrick's manager Michael Jeffrey, whom he was about to fire at the time, had been a covert op for British intelligence in another oh, wow. life, uh, according to one of <laughs>
2: what in another life.
3: Yeah, like before that was his career before he decided to manage rock stars. His other
0: life, oh, gotcha.
3: uh, according to one of his original clients, Eric Burden one of the most underrated vocalists of that time period of animals fame. uh, He would say that Jeffrey often boasted of his 007 escapades during the Cold War. Now, I'm looking into this guy because I'm like, okay, (laughs) I got to check this out. James Wright, who was a former roadie, wrote that Jeffrey confessed to the murder in 1971 saying, quote, That son of a bitch was going to leave me. If I lost him, I'd lose everything. So instead of losing everything, his management contract was renewed by default. He reaped immense profits of the posthumous record sales, and he collected on a $2 million insurance policy, which he had taken out on the Rockstar. Hmm, So that's pretty strange. Now get this. Michael Jeffrey reportedly died in a mysterious mid-air plane crash over France in 1973. Mm, Sound
1: familiar? But his remains were never found.
2: He's hiding in France, and it took the likes of me to tell you.
1: Sounds like, uh, what's that guy's name? D.B. Cooper?
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, some, like... um, Eric Burden, I think or it was another Animals member was saying that they think that he just like checked baggage on the plane and, and just like just didn't get on the disappeared plane. Disappeared with the two. Mil. Yeah, boom, dude. I mean, <clears throat> that's fucking that's a
1: 007 move if I've ever heard one. Oh, well, yeah. did you uh did you guys by chance watch anything about the 27 Club? I didn't To preface this. Uh, or oh, just like videos on YouTube so, and shit. So so Jimmy, there's like multiple reports of the what we'll call a crime scene when he when his body was found, some people say that he was covered in red wine. wine. Yeah, I saw that. Some people say that. Uh,
3: yeah, but who knows if that's true? That's
1: that's fucking weird, though, right?
3: Yeah, but again, like this is this goes into all these like cases, like when you it's look all, at it's all hearsay. But it's also like people want to be involved, you know? People like. People oh. want to make a buck off of it. People want, like, if they were like, I was a witness there and I saw that he was covered in red wine. Like,
1: what? What so <laughs> makes that up? <laughs> it's a weird thing to, to say. To
3: have your name be associated with Jimi Hendrix. I mean, I don't remember who said it. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. Well, anyways, yeah, I did hear the red wine thing. I heard that it was like uh, poured down his mouth after. So yeah. it's like they could have poisoned him. That also plays in this Jeffrey guy from like torture oh, this guy's choking stuff. let's just pour red wine all over him. yeah but i mean who knows if that actually happened
2: i heard that's the uh club's theme song actually
3: spill the wine
2: red the red, red, red wine, <laughs> wine. I was like, i'm thinking <laughs>
3: spill the wine by eric burden dude oh hey there we go all right now uh weird now monica Daneman. Uh, who was Hendrix's girlfriend at the time, she later revealed that Hendrix had taken nine of her fr- prescribed Vesperax. Uh, yeah. s- these were sleeping tablets. That was 18 times the recommended dosage. They were. You're supposed to take half a tablet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and these are not on the market anymore, right? They're like similar to Quaaludes?
1: Yes, very okay. similar. Yeah. Now... I mean, this guy was taking massive amounts of drugs all the time. So I think maybe in his said, he was like, hey, if you're taking one of these, I better take like 10.
3: Yeah, because I kind of do have, I mean, first off, what do you guys think? Like, was Jimmy a CIA target? Like, do you think it was just his party lifestyle? Uh, I mean, what do you guys think about this one and the manager or the sleeping pills accident? What do you think?
1: In my opinion, I think it was sadly a wrong place at the wrong time kind of deal because the chick that he was with, he wasn't on good terms with her. They were, like, fighting okay, all the time. Okay. this Monica, and the figure he, skater? Yeah, he came back from, like, a late-night party where he had been hanging out with another chick, and she knew that, and he was like, Ooh. hey, just give me your sleeping pills and just fucking like, – Let's say Lex comes home one night. You're going to let her take 10 fucking sleeping pills and go to sleep or you're going to be like, whoa, whoa, you should probably only take like two of those.
3: Well, I don't. I don't necessarily like. Did he announce to her? Yeah, he
1: said, "Hey, hey give, bitch, yeah. I'm
3: taking nine of your sleeping pills."
1: <laughs> like, no, he said, "Like, hey, give me those sleeping pills you've been taking. I need to pass the fuck out." I'm taking how nine. To, give me nine. Of no, but I'm just saying, if like,
2: six was nine. Oh, dude, this is all big. Oh sense. shit.
3: Okay, <laughs> six. Maybe he read that wrong. You know, hey, give me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> nah, dude. I just I think that he was already fucked up. And uh, you're not supposed to mix it with alcohol. Oh yeah, that's something you should never. He took hear. it, and then she fucking freaked out. Instead of like, hey, let me save Jimmy fucking Hendrix's life, was thinking like, oh, I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, like oh, I got junky yeah. behavior. So it's just like Degenerate. wrong place at the wrong time. Because if he was with someone that actually gave a shit about him, then he probably might still be alive today.
2: That seems to be a common trend in a lot of these cases. That well, nobody gives what a it fuck happens about when him. Popping pills baby, Yeah, you heroin.
3: well not not that he's I think what Adam's saying <laughs> is like when you become that famous, you're just like numbers to hanging people. out with fake ass people, yeah, all the time. you're not you're surrounded by people who really don't genuinely care about you, they care about the money they can get, correct that well, fame you mean? yeah
1: also I if, if you're out you know till four in the morning banging some other hose and you come back to your girl, she's probably gonna be pretty pissed at you,
2: and that's probably good life advice for everybody listening right now.
1: But again, we got to think It was a different time This was the 60s Free
3: love was like <laughs> In the air Well, also,
1: you're Jimmy fucking him. <laughs> yeah.
3: so. But uh, yeah, I, I watched A lot of interviews With him for this one Because I really had Like, had never heard Hendrix interviews, you know I had never mm. really Heard him talk I always seen the quotes That he had That are like, you know People put as their Senior quote about Like, power and peace <laughs> Or so like, you know What I'm talking about Like, you always see The <laughs> quotes So you think he'd be Like, a brilliant mind So I was like Let me watch some Of these interviews And he said, <laughs> dude He's kind of—he's got to be like one of the most chill guys ever. Like in all the interviews, he's just kind of like, "Hey, you know, you know, I'm helium, baby. You know, just listen to me if you want to feel light." And then he's like, yeah, <laughs> "Some of that music that's coming out is too heavy, man. I can't dig it. I can't dig it, man." And like, he seems kind of carefree, but then you watch his later interviews, and you can tell that he's just like exhausted. He's he's just overrun like he's like I think it was like one of his last appearances I watched um, on this talk show like seven days before he died like you can tell he's just like burned out.
1: Well did it said uh, in the documentary I watched I think it was like the before the night he died it was he had been like on a bender for like five days no sleep. Well, yeah, and he had just been churning out like
3: uh, record after record, tour after tour, and he was just... I mean, probably why he took nine sleep pills. He was like, let (laughs) me just get the fuck to sleep. You know, (laughs) I got to get some sleep. Um, But no, I think like... uh, And I was saying like, I think of all the members of this club, like all the musicians that died super early, I think uh, Jimi Hendrix is probably the one who would have had a the most longevity in his career and whose music i truly would have wanted to hear like evolve Mm. because you look at some of these other artists and it's kind of obvious that like maybe they didn't want to be doing this full time or maybe like like their music just would have gone downhill but like with Jimi hendrix like i think he was saying before he was gonna die he was planning to do an album with miles davis
1: yeah he was like dude
3: that would have been fucking badass and like just he was just like a genius at guitar so to be able to hear that evolve over time and like what he could have put out
1: it's just fucking sad you know gone too soon baby yep pour one out for our boy Jamai.
2: a seattle boy if i'm not mistaken i Is think so and,
3: and a fucking patriot
2: dude yeah you know,
3: played the star spangled banner in front of all those fucking hippies at the uh woodstock there <laughs> Uh, and he was a he was a veteran, dude. This man was a veteran. Rob, have
1: you no respect for him? Have I no respect for him? <laughs> I was saying, uh, this guy used to be my damn idol. All
3: right, we got any more? What do we got else on Hendrix? Any more thoughts or anything?
1: I mean, Adam, what do you think? Anything? And this is
2: just like a natural thing. You think? And uh, yeah,
3: anything with the manager ring any bells?
2: Um, do not you guys bring that up. Like maybe posthumously to use a word that you use so eloquently like a light bulb went off and this guy was like oh yeah i can cash in now but i but i agree with rob i think it's wrong place wrong time it sounds like he was on a bad path and you get home and fight with your old lady and
3: and look what happens. Next thing you know, okay. <laughs> I mean, we're, not, we're not blaming his girlfriend here. No, no,
2: no. Mm, this could to go some either extent. way. <laughs> okay. I was. B- but this is what I was saying. I think this is a very common theme throughout like significant others influencing these great minds. Yeah.
3: So we're blaming, so we're going full blame on the significant others.
2: It's <laughs> <That's, laughs> okay. a perfect storm.
3: Okay. Okay. So, you know, moving right along, and maybe this this one will stray from that path quite a bit, Um, or maybe not, Uh, but we got Janis Joplin, October 4th, 1970, so not long after her pal, Jimby. Uh, Jimby? <laughs> well, Jimby has got to be Jimmy. Jimbo is for Jim Morrison, yeah? Okay. Okay. Not long after her pal, Jimby, the next member in the club would be none other than Janis Joplin. Now, many regard her as the first female rock star and someone who paved the way for leading women in the music industry. Um, On the evening of October 4th, 1970, Janice was found dead in her Los Angeles hotel room by her tour manager, another manager. Uh, Now, interesting. Now, it's no secret, Janice was in and out of the drug scene pretty heavily throughout the late 60s. Uh, She even tried to quit the habit on a trip to Brazil, but she returned to California and her friends who were still all users and degenerates, uh, it's easy to slip (laughs) right back into her old ways. Now, unfortunately, ever since her performance at Woodstock 69, her stage presence began to seriously decline due mainly to her abusing alcohol and heroin, which was her
1: drug of choice. So I, I heard that little bit right there in this documentary. I was watching about the 27 Club and I was like, man, I got to check this out. So I started with the Woodstock performance, watched her and Jimmy. And then I watched uh, a couple more. Dude, there was, I can't remember. I want to say that it was San Francisco. Don't quote me on that. But there was this one performance where she was like so fucked up that people just booed her off stage.
3: Yeah. Like, dude, she is couldn't
1: he, even, she was like, she like couldn't even fucking stand up, dude.
3: Yeah. I was like, and Jesus I, I mean, fucking Christ. I dude. will say like this case, it's like you said here, like this case is probably the least clouded in mystery because I, again, I watched interviews with her, like in some of her later interviews, she actually seems like she's like on meth or something.
1: Well, D- oh, dude, <laughs> she was
3: doing everything. Man. You know what I'm talking about? But I mean, like, you know, like you would expect these... Again, this goes back to like us as kids idolizing these musicians and stuff, and you think like, oh my god, these people got to be brilliant. But in her interview, she's just like, just seriously sounds like a strung out like tweaker meth head. Well, and so it's it's kind of high as a kite. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's kind of easy to see. Like, I mean, you know, it's easy to say see like, oh yeah, she obviously fucking OD'd. Like it's clear cut. Yeah. I don't think there's any real like mystery with this one oh, because yeah, yeah, no. uh, I think like not long after she died, investigators found that multiple people had OD'd the same week Janice did due to a high-level dosage uh, her dealer had been selling. Got a bad batch. <clears throat> yep, just got a bad batch. Now, although her friend and former lover, Peggy Caserta, begs to differ. Uh, Now, maybe this was just her attempt to kind of like save Janice's name, you know, maybe make her not seem like such a fucking degenerate. Um, But, you know, many reports would say that heroin and alcohol were the contributing factors to her death. And sadly, Janice would become the next member of the 27 Club. Now, was there any strangeness you guys found in this one or any like uh, anything that leads us to believe this is some grandiose conspiracy?
1: Well, so the, just the little amount of research that I did on this specific one was that a lot of the people that had OD'd pretty much OD'd as soon as they injected the heroin. Mm -hmm. Whereas there was multiple reports from the hotel that Janis Joplin kind of like went to her room, did her thing, smoked a ciggy. Came downstairs, asked the front desk for change, bought some cigs, went outside, smoked some cigs with some guys. A lot of cigs. Yeah. And then went back to her room. Whereas like you'd think if you just fucking injected yourself with a high ass dose of heroin, you're probably boom lights out. Yeah, but, but if these who,
3: degenerates had been doing that for years, like maybe... Degenerates? Well, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> if these vagrants had been doing that for years, you know, these
1: junkies... Well, then there was, like, another thing that said maybe she, uh, like, tripped and fell, smashed her face on the old bedpost, and then... <laughs>
3: oh, God. What well, was there? I mean, her face would be all fucked up, wouldn't it?
1: I, I mean, I don't know the details. Oh, I didn't God. look at her all fucking... Right. Picture of her dead.
0: Okay.
2: I mean, to be fair, if she's shooting up heroin, <laughs> her face is probably already fucked up.
3: <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't think heroin's a, a face fuck up drug. That's like meth when you're picking at it, you know? Ugh. Let's move right along. We get into Mr. Jim Morrison July third, nineteen seventy one. Three years to the exact day that the previous mentioned Brian Jones had passed. Little uh, coincidence there, huh? Also, July 3rd. That's pretty crazy.
2: Also, so far, everybody we've talked about, J in their name.
3: Okay. Did not make that huh, connection. Brian.
1: Oh, his last name, though. Jones, yeah. Hmm.
2: And J, what letter of the alphabet is that? Oh, it's 10. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, well hey, what's 10
1: minus Nine. One? Nine facts <laughs> <laughs> well i don't understand the minus one that makes no sense <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding um
3: okay so the next year after janice the club would gain another member frontman of the doors mr mojo rising himself
2: i didn't realize
3: it's like scrambled jim morrison yeah, yeah.
2: and i'm trying to come up with my own so if anybody listening out there can come up with one for me, that'd be great. Oh man,
3: that would have been good to do. We could have done that as our radio names.
2: We scra- I wait. mean, I. What
3: is that I actually understood. called? There's a term for that, yeah.
2: Like an anagram or some shit like that.
3: Yeah, that's, not, the not, I mean, that's not. That's like uh, <laughs> CIA or FBI, right?
2: What? No, that's an anagram, right? Yes. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. I like.
3: Uh, we're thinking of something else. I can't think of it right now. It's not an anagram. I'll tell you that. But I'll bet you. It's not an anagram. I know for a fact it's not an anagram.
2: An anagram is a word, phrase, or name that is formed from the letters of another word, name, or phrase. You simply rearrange all the letters from one word or phrase to create brand new words or phrases. An anagram.
3: Anagram. All right. There English we go. Polish major, Adam.
2: All right. So Polish professor, baby.
3: Now, th- I think this is the first one where it does start to get like very strange because... Um, very. Morrison's career at this point, taking a bit of a dive, you know, uh, following the recording of L.A. Woman, Morrison decided to basically flee Hollywood for a little uh, Euro trip. Can you blame him? With his longtime girlfriend, Pamela Curson. I'd pick who, Paris over L.A. any day, baby. Pamela Curson also later died at the age of 27. Mm-hmm. Uh, Now, during the difficult recording sessions for The Doors' final album, L.A. Woman, Morrison was known to drink as many as 36 beers in a single day. (laughs) Sounds like Roman. (laughs) His voice was starting to give out. He was struggling with his weight, struggling with lyric writing. And on March 11th, 1971, he went to Paris for a sabbatical.
2: Oh, one night in Paris. Got it, got it, got it.
3: One night. I mean, he went there for many months. Uh, He intended to get clean, lose some weight. He's like Tom Penny before Tom Penny, dude.
2: Mm.
3: Basically, Tom Penny.
2: That's his celebrity doppelganger. Yeah. Guzzle, this is the reason guzzling
3: beers, partying too much. <laughs> partying to skate in a mini pipe. In Can't a get any tricks down. Shed. Uh, now, here we'll cue in some like uh The End or like some riders on the storm, you know? So let's just set the scene. Here we go. Paris, July 2nd, 1971. Early in the evening, Jim Morrison and his girlfriend, Pamela Kirsten, went to the cinema to see Pursued, a Western starring Robert Mitchum. That same night at another theater, Jim Morrison sat alone watching a documentary called Death Valley. Simultaneously across town at the Rock and Roll Circus nightclub, Jim Morrison scored some heroin and OD'd in the bathroom. Meanwhile, while all of this was going on, at Orly Airport, Jim Morrison boarded a plane for an unknown destination. Now, out of these scenarios, nobody really knows what the hell actually happened. Is this a Quentin Tarantino movie?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this
3: is, this is, this actually could be like a, a Quentin Tarantino movie because of all these scenarios, nobody knows what happened. Let's but the, pitch him the idea. Well, the first one became the most accepted, and that is that he went to see this movie with his girlfriend. After the movie, he and Kirsten returned to their apartment. Uh, Jim stays up for a while listening to old Doors albums. Uh, He went to bed and Kirsten says that he was complaining he felt sick. Uh, He was up an hour later feeling worse. He vomited up a small amount of blood and she suggested, hey, we got to call a doctor. Jim instead said, hey, just go draw a bath for me. Stretches out in the tub. She goes back to bed. The last thing she remembers hearing Jim say was, are you there, Pam? Pam? Pam, are you there? Pamola. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's just Michael Scott in the bathtub. Pam Bam! and Jim, dude. <laughs> yeah, Pam and Jim. We
2: are connecting so many dots in this
3: episode. Uh, okay, so now Kirsten wakes up a little after 6 a.m. She realized Jim wasn't in the bed. She calls his name, no answer. In the bathroom, she finds him submerged in the water, smile on his face. She shakes him. He didn't respond. She calls the fire department and the police, but sadly, why well, did she ar- call the fire department? I mean, maybe in France it's different. I don't know.
2: Fire department's got a lot of like paramedics and stuff. At least one guy on every engine's gotta be. Sadly, true.
3: true. They arrived too late, and Jim Morrison's corpse was wrapped in plastic and packed in dry ice, remaining in the apartment while Corson and Alan, Renee, a friend of the couple's, made funeral arrangements. Now, three days later, the coffin that Pam had ordered arrived. It was the cheapest possible model, the equivalent of $75 U.S. dollars. Hey, um, maybe that's what Jim wanted. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> now, sometime during those 72 hours, a doctor visited the apartment and signed a death certificate. The official cause was listed as heart failure, no autopsy was ever performed as France does not require an autopsy if the family does not specifically request one.
1: Now, did you see what was written on the autopsy of our boy, Bri? I did not. Death by misadventure.
2: That's badass, dude. That's what
1: they say in Europe. That's how I'm going to go out. In Europe, if it's not like heart failure or like something obvious like that, like if it's you drown in a swimming pool, it's
2: misadventure. Smothered between two big-ass titties, death by misadventure.
3: Took too many Viagra, heart popped. (laughs) Death by misadventure. (laughs) Took a rhino pill from 7-Eleven. This is where things start to get interesting because Doors manager Bill Siddons arrives from the U.S. on July 6th, and he comes to a sealed coffin and death certificate. Now, only Courson and Rene had seen Jim's body before he was buried in Père Lachaise Cemetery on July 7th. Uh, Rene actually negotiated a deal to get the American into the famous French graveyard, and he accepted a 30-year lease. It actually expired in 2001. But his body has not since been exhumed. We've actually been
1: to his grave one many years it.
3: after 2001.
1: Well, um, th- I don't think they're going to move it. Well, he, si- he
3: signed a 30-year
1: lease for the grave. Uh, about 30 years is up, Jim. Time <laughs> yeah, to get I out. Mean, yeah. This place is fucking concept, packed, baby.
3: Dude, I'm saying, I, I like, I don't think you understand the concept of graveyards. Dude, it's expensive to get a plot. <laughs> I'm serious, Depending on where you want to be, I know. But I'm saying, are uh, you this, Hugh Hefner? You no, want to be saying, buried right next to Marilyn Monroe? I'm saying this famous French uh, cemetery. Where, like, wh- who else is grave? Oscar Wilde, there? Oscar Wilde, Edith Piaf, uh, Chopin. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah, all buried there. And and this guy signed a 30 year lease saying, yeah, "What this is this a mortgage? Of, it basically is."
2: I don't think these French guys understand the idea of a graveyard. I don't. <laughs> you know, I don't. Team.
1: I don't think they're going to just pull it out and throw it in the street. I mean, obviously, I they're the not going to be that crass.
3: They're Frenchmen, but they're going to. <laughs> They're going to say, like, hey, you need to, like, either
1: pay us well, more money. But it's 20 years after he's still there. I don't think <laughs> th- that's kind of null and void at I this mean, point. dude, maybe
3: we look into it. I, I'd, be, I'd be interested to see, like, what they said about that. Maybe his estate paid for more years. They like people coming to the graveyard. They're that's not true. Move. That is true.
2: Let's be real. $75 coffin. There's nothing left there.
3: Okay, now... Now, once the news of Jimbo's passing reaches the U.S. of A., questions Jimbo. start popping up. You know, where was a police investigation? Why was there no autopsy? Well, Who in friends, baby. Who was, the exam- <laughs> who was the examining doctor? Uh, Corson couldn't even remember the doctor's name, and his signature on the death certificate is not even readable. Whose is? Okay, but still, you wouldn't say, <laughs> uh, on your death certificate? It was written
2: in French. Who gives a it? shit? You're
3: dead. Maybe when you die with no investigation, no autopsy, people would probably give a shit, Rob.
2: Well, yep, too little, too late, (laughs) baby. Another
1: case of too little, too late. That's
2: what I'm saying.
3: Also, Corson didn't even tell Jim's parents. She lied to the American embassy. She said Morrison had no immediate family, which allowed for a quick, no questions asked burial. There was not even a priest there. Uh, Doors keyboardist Ray Manzarek asked the manager, how did you even know Jim was in the coffin? How do you know it wasn't 150 pounds of fucking sand? You know, Uh, there's many theories as to what... this guy stages on death. Hey, that's one of our theories. Now, there's a bunch of theories as to what Jimbo died from, ranging from possible sexual disease to the possibility that he was a victim of a government conspiracy aimed at wiping out cult- counterculture heroes, to the even more outrageous, like an ex-girlfriend killed him with a Wiccan hex.
2: Now, see, I don't think that's outrageous.
3: I don't either, because have you seen the film with uh, Val Kilmer, dude?
2: Wiccan hex?
3: He's, he's banging the Wiccan dude, and they're doing crazy the sex Wiccan rituals? The Wiccan Dude. I'm saying dude as in you. He's banging the Wiccan, comma, dude. You seen that?
1: (laughs) Well, you said he's banging the Wiccan, dude.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. He's banging the Wiccan. Are you familiar? I haven't seen that. You've never seen the movie? I have not. You know what I'm talking about, right?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued. He's banging the Wiccan. Keep going.
3: No, I'm saying you've seen the film.
2: I'm sure I've seen something.
3: (laughs) This was an X. she put a hex on him. He died. Simple as that. Why do you not think it's far-fetched? He died with a smile on his
1: face. That's all we know.
2: He died of misadventure. Okay, but dude, I don't. I don't think this is far fetched because I think I have a curse on me. I never banged a Wiccan chick that I know well.
3: <laughs> that you know <laughs> well. Let me think on that. <laughs> I think I would probably
1: guarantee you've banged a Wiccan chick. I probably have. I'd put more hand that. You have as well.
2: Unknowingly, unbeknownst to me, and now I'm trying all these dating sites and stuff, getting blocked and banned. I guarantee. You well, wow, you're Wiccan doing the, the whole
3: YouTube. I think you might be a reverse. You're the. Uh...
2: I'm not a Wiccan. No, but you're
3: the factor there. The it factor.
2: No, I think this Wiccan girl doesn't want me being with other girls. Yikes! That's what I'm saying. That's a big yikes.
3: Okay, so. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> So next up, we got this, like, then this story starts to develop that a nightclub owner of a spot many celebrities of the time frequented has since come forward claiming that Jim, in fact, OD'd on a bad batch of heroin while using the club's bathroom. He was carried out by the bouncer and heroin dealer, and the bath was simply a last-ditch effort to revive him, but they acted too late. Now, where are we on (laughs) this one?
1: Cause that sounds like bullshit. I mean, again, I think it sounds this like this is, guy's bar's going under, and he's like, "Hey, Jim Wilson yeah, yeah. actually died here, oh, guys."
3: I didn't even think about it. Yeah, it's just another Ooh. guy who wants to insert himself
1: in the lore, yeah. get some fame. Like I watched an interview with the guy. The guy seems like a total, oh, really, s- like sleazy slime ball. Uh, I mean, like these people. Owner.
3: It's like we said; these people are all
1: degenerates, and, okay. you know, and so are the people they hang out with. Yeah, I wouldn't okay. call. Uh, come on, Jim, Jimbo absolutely dude i think if jim was still i I mean mean, he did pull his dick out and just (laughs) slap a chick in the face (laughs) during a concert not to like
3: disgrace his name or anything i a lot of people say he's very overrated and they say if acid wasn't a thing they say if acid was not a thing at the time and it was jim morrison would be nothing than just like a bar singer come on come on now suck me babe (laughs) you so you have seen the film (laughs) (laughs) he's lying to us
2: um I'm just saying, you're telling me you haven't been to a bar, had a few too many. OD'd on, <laughs> <laughs> OD'd on heroin. I've been carried out of a boun- by a bouncer and a bar owner. And we put you a in a bath? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My 21st birthday.
1: Someone put you in a fucking
3: bathtub?
2: And I was banned from that bar.
3: So you're confusing your life with Jim Morrison.
2: Maybe I I am Jim Morrison reincarnate. The only time I've ever
1: put someone in a bathtub was so they didn't puke all over my bed, so that they puked in the bathtub. I didn't run them a hot bath and then put their (laughs) naked body in the bath.
2: And they're saying anything about being naked. Yeah. The guy
1: was in a bath. He's not fully clothed.
2: Hey. You don't know that.
1: No um, one knows that.
2: All right, all right. Maybe there's a whole rule. Why do I got to wear a swimsuit? <laughs> <laughs> so
3: Danny Sugerman, uh, Doors Insider and co-author of the best-selling biography, No One Here Gets Out Alive, he claims that Corson told him that she had been doing heroin and lying to Jim that it was coke mixed with downers.
1: Perfect. So he thought he came home, thought it was Coke.
3: (laughs) Like a a a, speedball,
1: you know, this is a straight line of that shit and lights out, baby.
3: Well, yeah. And also on that fateful evening, basically on that evening, they had snorted heroin together uh, because Jim Morrison was terrified of needles. So he's not shooting it up. Guys Um, ever see Pulp Fiction? Now that summer in (laughs) Paris, there was a potent version of the drug making rounds known as China White. Uh, So this guy, Danny, says it's not unusual when someone does heroin for the first time for them to feel ill. So he was sick. He took a bath. He died. There is no more to the mystery than that.
1: Mm. Makes sense to me. Uh,
3: Now, many of Jim's closest friends dispute this theory saying that despite his penchant for excess, Jim never did hard drugs and, in fact, had a disdain for them. But again, isn't LSD a hard drug, would you say? Mm, or no we're talking
1: powders i don't i mean i guess you could consider it because it's i mean lsd is a pretty fucking insane drug yeah but i'm saying it's not it's not i don't it's, <laughs> it's, it's not, hard to compare it to like coke and heroin though. yeah yeah and hey, it's like powder think about chemical. think about like well, people that chemical. do acid versus people that are doing like Heroin and pills,
2: methamphetamines. Yeah,
1: you know what I mean. It's like a different, oh, uh, different, a different breed of degenerate. I mean, I would still. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what <laughs> I I wouldn't say that someone that drops acid is necessarily a degenerate if you're doing it every fucking day. Maybe look at yeah. the
3: face of acid. Timothy
1: Leary was absolutely a degenerate. Okay, yes. He gave That's his one kid guy, acid. Though. Okay, okay, but I'm saying, like, if you're using it within reason, I don't think you're a degenerate. If you're doing okay. it every once All in a while okay, to okay, have okay. a fucking so come-to-Jesus experience like, or something.
3: If I came up to you and said, you know, I recreationally do acid, that's not the same as, like, dude, I've been doing heroin. Or, know? hey,
1: I just smoked <laughs> meth every day this week. If Wait, you're like, hey, I did acid, acid a couple every times. every day this
3: week? <laughs> if it's, you're you're getting them different. You're saying a couple times.
2: Here's the thing though, how are you coming across these drugs? Are you stealing from other people? If you like what if if you recreationally do drugs in your own room in your own time and you're not impacting anybody else, are you degenerately doing these hard drugs?
1: Okay. I think that doing certain drugs could turn you into a degenerate because then you just start doing that's that's your whole lifestyle is just this drug.
2: Anything But you could wake up, yeah, you could wake up one morning and be a douchebag. It's out of the blue.
1: Yeah, but I don't think you just wake up one morning and you're like, I'm going to start. I'm just going to do math like one time today. It's fine. Hey,
3: William Burroughs, famous beat writer. He got addicted to heroin to like write about it
1: got Addicted,
3: yeah, he was like, I'm gonna purposely like start doing heroin, write about my experience. The guy was a degenerate. I mean, he was kind of cool, but he was a degenerate. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Morrison was kind of cool too, yeah. But uh, okay,
2: I what if he was like secretly straight edge, like the founder of straight edge?
3: Hey, I mean, he could have been because we have some interesting theories we'll get to later. But there's also, I mean, moving along, there's also the possibility that he's still alive. Jim once talked seriously about faking his own death as a publicity stunt, and he often joked to his friends that one day he'd just split for Africa, change his name to Mr. Mojo Ryzen.
2: Oh, Dave Chappelle.
3: <laughs> now, over the years, many people have claimed to see him in Tibet, the Australian Outback, and the American Midwest, where he supposedly rides rodeo and writes poetry.
2: I believe that. theory.
3: Okay, I mean, what exactly happened to the Lizard King? The world may never know now, what do you guys think for Jim Morrison, what do we got? What have you heard? Any doors related bits?
1: Well, I did watch the doc, and I will say i'm gonna go, even though uh you know Jim's friends are despiteing our boy Sugerman that i'm gonna I'm gonna go with that, you know he he hadn't really done heroin before maybe he thought it w- was something else maybe he took a took a rail of fucking p- that china white baby <laughs> and you know as next some people you know. say he was living on the chinese
3: rock nice okay
1: what do you got tea bag so you think rob just accident completely i mean I would say yes, because, right. you know, the guys, the guy's trying to escape all this bullshit ends up getting entangled mm. in it. All right, what do you got, T-Bag?
2: Yeah, I think I'm on the same boat as Rob with this one. He's hanging out with a girl who's clearly doing drugs. Whether Jim had a disdain for them or not, you get a wily woman in your life, she can convince you to do anything, man. Yeah, that's a uh, tale as old as time.
3: Okay, so for every one of these, you guys are saying it's the significant other's uh, contributing factor?
2: A contributing factor, yeah. I wouldn't say it's their fault, but like... Okay, okay. You know, Bri
1: Bri guy, he thinks his uh, contractor's banging his wife. Next thing you know, he's dead. Our boy Jimmy, popping his girl's sleeping pills. She's mad at him. Next thing you know, he's dead. Okay. And now we got our boy Jimbo, and... His girl's fucking lying to him, going behind his back doing China white. And Janice is just a pure heroin addict that OD'd.
2: Well, even her girl, even her girl said, yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah. she was with a a woman too, a promiscuous woman.
3: (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) Okay, now. She She wrote a book called Going Down on Janice or Going Down with Janice or something like that.
3: Now, is that oh, quoted, um, Rob? on, you cute. can't. Yeah, you can't just know. be throwing these out. No, I swear them. to God. Love, do
1: a little Google <laughs> search while we get to the next guest. Okay. Going down with Janice.
2: Going down on Janice. Going
1: down on Janice is such a good book, though. Going...
2: I've seen that movie. <laughs> right,
3: if so, six was nine. All right, so
2: connecting the dots
3: rolling right along to our next guest of the evening we've got mr kurt cobain april 5th 1994 now i'm gonna say like between the mysteries and oddities of jim morrison and kurt cobain's deaths i think these two form the bulk of like perpetuating the whole 27 club conspiracy Mm. and also i want to ask you guys like who, who do you guys think, like, is there a current, or who do you think was, like, the last true rock star? Would you say it was Kurt Cobain, or, like, has, because there's, like, there's a, I, obviously there's a lot of big names in, like, hip-hop and, and pop music and stuff, but there's really not, I, I was searching around, because uh, I heard these other people talking about the Cobain death and, like, saying he was the last true rock star. Like, would you guys agree, or would you say, like, has there been another one since, or... What's your guy's thoughts on that? Are we saying like still alive or like? Well, obviously, like Ozzy Osbourne is still alive, <laughs> yeah. but like he's like Kurt Cobain came to to be in like the nineties. Like who else after him rose to that level of fame and was like that big purely as like a rock star, not a pop star,
1: not a hip hop star. Man, I did not think about that one.
3: Right, like it's kind
1: of uh, it's kind of jarring to think about. Well, yeah, I think that did the Chili Peppers come out? around the same time yeah yeah even 80s like they've got old shit yeah i was gonna say that they came out a little bit before nirvana yeah yeah i mean
3: maybe like flea in the chili peppers that's what i was saying yeah but again like that's yeah i think that's a little bit before
2: the problem is like now it's like the flavor of the month man everything is so instantaneous there's somebody i mean you can get you're famous on with SoundCloud rappers, man. There's a new one every day. Yeah, but I wouldn't consider yeah. rappers to be rock stars. But that's what I'm saying. There's Yeah, like you, you can't just generate that kind of fame where you're successful and popular and well-known for your craft for a long time because the next day someone's coming along doing the exact same you are. I would say, what about like, I know we said no pop, but like, dude, Biebs... Well, yeah,
3: that's a pop. pop, Those are pop stars. What about uh, a pop
2: star and a rock star? Like,
3: Nirvana was like straight up the. That's grunge. Yeah, they were like the crest of the punk wave. Like, he was a punk kid doing heroin. Like, that's like a true rock
2: star, you know? Justin Bieber is rapping with Ludacris.
3: But he's not in a rock band. Justin Bieber doesn't play an instrument. Justin Bieber probably doesn't write his own songs.
1: Like, an actual rock star, you know? You ever heard of the uh, Mark Tom and Travis show?
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, actually, that's true. Hey, hey. I mean,
1: they're still down. relevant today, even though you know Tom's yeah, not. Yeah, no, working. I would,
3: I would absolutely agree. Travis Barker, rock star.
1: But I'm Ford. saying, okay, yeah, that, there we go. Yeah, I would Almost say yeah, I would say yeah. he's probably the yes. last one. Yeah,
3: I would say, okay, see? That's
1: you, good. you got it. We have got it. You should have got that. That's your fucking idol. Hey, I'm just saying, <laughs> sometimes
3: you're so deep in this research, you miss the most obvious stuff, man. <laughs> 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 what about, like, uh, Smashing Pumpkins? That was around the same time?
2: That yeah? was earlier, though, yeah. Billy, Billy Corrigan? No, mid-90s. 90s? Okay. Mid-90s right. great show. great show. All right, so
3: film. let's get into Kurt Cobain because, like, Kurt Cobain, aka Grunge Daddy, aka the voice of generation X, he died in 1994 at the age of 27, and the idea of this 27 club began once again to gain traction
1: in the public.
3: Now, are you guys familiar with like the mysteries and shit surrounding Kurt's death? You ever get into research? I've watched a and couple
1: stuff? of docs on this guy, yeah.
3: Okay, and Teabag, Bag, what do you think?
1: Seattle guy over here? Yeah, Seattle
3: Very- guy
2: very suspicious circumstances
3: okay okay so are you guys both under the assumption that he was killed yes it's not an assumption for me okay you think he was killed yes
2: and they and they tried to stage it as a suicide
3: okay you think you are in the same boat as rob yes okay so march so let's check it out you know for our listeners who might not know March 30th, Kurt checked himself into Exodus Recovery Center outside of LA, uh, seeking help for his drug problems. Huge heroin guy, did a lot. Another common
2: theme. Yep,
3: a lot of barbiturates. Now, after three days at Exodus, Kurt scaled the compound six foot wall, caught a plane back home, uh, and this escape wasn't even really necessary (laughs) as he was in a volunteer facility, so he was free to just come and go.
2: And a six-foot wall, he's probably about six feet. Like,
3: on heroin, scaling this wall. And they're just like, what are you doing, dude? Like, you can just leave out the front door.
2: Gates over there, brother.
3: Yeah, and he's like, oh, damn,
1: dude. Crazy, man.
3: Uh, But So...
1: So he sounds like Nate now.
3: Have you ever seen an interview with <laughs> yeah, him? He yeah. does sound like that. <laughs> that you're was right, a spot right. on. Impression. That was a good Kurt impression, dude. <laughs> <laughs> now, Courtney Love, his wife uh, at the time. You guys are familiar, yeah, dude. Honestly, here I, we go again. I little can't. Little
2: band called Hole,
3: dude. I can't listen to Hole.
2: Really? Because of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah after doing same. this wow. stuff, dude, I just
3: can't listen to whole.
2: Oh, see, it's always going to be Mark Appleyard for me.
3: Well, yeah, I know. I like those i can only songs. listen to that song. <laughs> those two songs only. Uh Now, she hears about this. She hires Tom Grant, an LA-based private investigator to find him. Um now there's a lot of questions like why didn't she go to the cops if she was really that worried? But I guess she hired a private investigator to keep this from getting to the press. Uh, This is why she didn't go to the cops. She has that Um, fuck
1: 12 mentality.
3: Yeah. Now, sometime on the (laughs) evening of April 5th, he entered his studio above the garage by locking one of the French doors. And some reports claim that he propped a stool against the door. Now, this is a controversial point. Some say that this stool was against the other doors. Some say there was no stool there at all. It's like, I thought it was funny. Like in the video, it's like he puts the stool up there to wedge the door shut. But it's like one of the, it's like the dude in the big Lebowski, like the door opens the (laughs) other way. (laughs) 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 But like, okay, so he, he locks the doors. He writes a one page note addressed to Boda, his invisible childhood friend, and he propped it in a mound of dirt from the overturned plant. Smoked a few cigarettes, drank from a can of root beer, injected himself with a mixture of heroin and Valium, put his drug paraphernalia back in the cigar box, laid down two towels in a brown corduroy jacket. He then reached for the Remington M11 lying on the floor with the shotgun's butt between his feet. He pulled the trigger with his thumb and ended his life at the age of 27. Now, just like with many of these high-profile cases, there's some inconsistencies and these questions keep popping up. Now, I've got the biggest questions covered here. So, number one, the shotgun. So, this was not examined by Seattle police until a full month later, and when it was, there was only unidentifiable smudged fingerprints. Interesting. As if it had been wiped down. Now, it's possible that the smudge prints were caused by the force of the gun- Going off, uh, which would naturally move the gun through Cobain's hands. But if he had bought the gun weeks before, why weren't there other prints on it? Uh, because he did have like one of his friends buy it for him because he was worried that the police would take it. Um, now, in the original police report, it is said that the marks on Cobain's hands were consistent with firing a gun. Two years later, the police admitted this detail was actually a mistake. Added by a rookie cop at the
1: scene. Nice job, Rook.
2: Nice wax job, Rook. <laughs> yeah, Sing it again. I just
1: lost a buck <laughs> to myself.
3: Now, next uh, next matter of business is the drugs. So Kurt had two hundred and twenty five milligrams of heroin in his blood, which is three times the lethal dose. Now, according to medical experts, that much heroin would leave a person completely incapacitated or cause them to lapse into a coma. Um, But, you know, disputing this, like this is this one's tough because there's not like a lot of studies on heroin because there aren't like, hey, let's shoot up people with heroin and study Mm (laughs) them. Probably
2: not a lot of volunteers for that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
3: Not a lot of volunteers. But Mm -hmm. it is said that Kurt, Kurt. on town in San Diego. It is said. It is said that Kurt's, um, heroin habit was about $400 a day, which is, fucking, that's fucking psychotic. <laughs> like in terms imagine of heroin,
2: what he, imagine what he spends on beer. Yeah. That's well, insane. Drink. Yeah. beer. <laughs>
3: exactly. Uh, you know what is? So, you know, perhaps he did have a much higher tolerance than your average Joe. Oh. A uh, lethal dose, though? <laughs> Three times? Three But times. again, but that's for an average person,
1: not a $400 a day heroin user. Uh, but still, dude, if that in- incapacitates a person, you don't think that's a little... <laughs> again, a
3: normal person, not somebody who's using heroin every day. Okay. What's you got to think about g- that.
1: So What's you're, like you're saying it's not weird?
3: I mean, I definitely think it's weird, but you're I do think... No, I'm just saying. I do think somebody could build up a tolerance to a drug, especially if they he d- was doing heroin since he was a kid, on and off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't, I don't think, think that that,
1: that much of a tolerance, though.
3: <laughs> if you were doing heroin since the time you were a teenager to your early to mid twenties.
1: I mean, look at Jimi Hendrix, dude. That guy was doing all kinds of drugs, and then that's what killed him: his sleeping but, pills. But
3: that's a different drug completely. It's not the same drug he had been doing. It's not like he built a tolerance up by doing acid to sleeping pills. Maybe he was doing sleeping pills. Who knows? (laughs) Okay. So, um, okay. okay. So, you know, I mean, I think that's still, it is still crazy. You know, that he was somehow able to roll down his sleeves, put his needle and spoon away, arrange the towels. I mean, he could have done that before, uh, or someone else could have lie down and then pull the trigger of a shotgun. Now, furthermore, The way that he was holding the shotgun, the way that he was found gripping the shotgun upside down, the shell of the shotgun was found on his left. The um, chamber where the shell would eject was on the right. So why was the shell found on the left? Now, again, the way that he shot maybe could have bounced off his hand over there. Nah, not buying it. Not buying it? Okay. Yeah, I mean, there was like, if you look... At the pictures of his body, the way it was found, like there's nothing there that it could have bounced off of to be over on that side. Exactly. So that's a little strange.
2: Maybe it was a left-handed shotgun.
3: Well, it was not. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Now that brings us to the next matter is the note. So the note he left behind raises even more questions. First, some say it reads less like a suicide note. Uh, more like an open apology to fans from a man who's considering quitting the music business. Um, When he does address his wife and daughter, it's in the third person, which is an odd choice, some say, for a suicide note. And at the end, he quotes Neil Young, saying, quote, it's better to burn out than to fade away. Hell of a quote. Signs off with peace, love, and empathy. Now, actually, I was doing some research into this. Neil Young came to, like... I don't know if he regretted writing that line, but he did say in his autobiography, he said that like he had tried to reach out to Kurt many times right before his suicide. And uh, upon hearing that he quoted him in his note, uh, he said that it struck a deep chord with him and it fucked with him for many years. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's pretty fucked up, you know, Um, which I guess brings me to our next point. I asked you guys for this episode, to write a suicide note. Did you guys do that?
2: I did.
1: Okay. I did not. That's pretty fucked up.
2: Now, yes,
3: I, I will say, for me, I did this one day. Now, I did this me- before the research for this podcast even started. Obviously, I'm not going to read it here. Very dark. But I've got a suicide note on my phone Ready to go. I've also Ready to go. Jesus
0: Christ. <laughs> <I'm just> saying, <laughs> no. <laughs> Not ready
3: to go, but I'm just saying like You said you said that. It's a good thought experiment, you know? It, it kind of helps you get your thoughts out there, but also I wrote a manifesto. Which is like, hey you God. know, a manifesto. <laughs> oh, God. No, this is like what people write before they go like spree kill. But it's like he's <laughs> ready to go. No, ready to go. There <laughs> <Ready> we
0: <to> go. <laughs> not,
3: not even ready to go. But my manifesto is just kind of like you know, it's kind of like teen angst of like fucking society, man. Like fucking into the wild. Want <laughs> to <I> read it?
2: <laughs> no, I'm not letting you guys read did, it. Did you write this as a kid? Your manifesto? No, like not, I could see you doing this in high school.
3: No, I did this like a few months ago. Can I read oh. it? Oh. I just thought it'd be funny. Um I can I read it, it out there? <laughs>
2: no,
3: you cannot read it. You're not reading my manifesto or my suicide note. Those you are gotta deeply, wait till he dies. That's yeah, like those are rules, personal man. for me. Um okay. But yeah, I mean, did you guys do it? Did you find that it was like uh helpful or anything kind of getting your thoughts out there? It's it's kind of cathartic, I will say.
2: I'll share mine if you want.
1: I don't I don't want to share I'll read it, it right I mean. now. I'll he said, read said right he now. wants to. He said he wants You really to. want to ready to go.
2: Yeah. All right. Are you ready? yeah i never thought i'd die alone another six months i'll be on un-
3: <laughs> so you're quoting bling 182 now now
2: it's Adam's song
3: yeah travis is gonna read that and it's he's gonna his be song our mark's gonna read that and be devastated he's gonna be like neil young here
2: guess he should have come on our podcast when we invited <laughs> we had to reach out to adam many times <laughs> yeah, we tried to reach out to mark many times <laughs>
3: Okay, so your suicide note is just Adam's song from Lingu?
2: It's perfect. I didn't know. So you didn't it.
3: write anything.
2: Exactly. It was like me doing homework. No,
3: okay, I will say though, did you actually spill a cup of apple juice in the hole?
2: Numerous times. Well, please tell mom this is. Please not tell mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Okay, so All right, so getting back to Kurt and his suicide note, uh, there's an additional four lines scrawled at the bottom of the note appearing to be in a completely different handwriting. Others claim this is due to the massive amount of drugs that were in his system. Now, the handwriting analysis of the note has been inconclusive. Tom Grant, the PI, also claims that he found a page of Kurt's journal and handwriting samples amongst Courtney's possessions. As in, like, she was practicing mimicking his writing.
2: Okay, I had to process that. Yeah, yeah, that's wild, man. Yeah,
3: like, you know, a page with a bunch of A's, a bunch of C's, like, a bunch of T's. Like, she was just going over and over, like, practicing.
2: Like, when you're trying to learn your f- parents' signature? Yeah. yeah, Which, yeah, yeah.
3: that's, like, pretty damning, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, furthermore, Eldon L. Duce Hoke uh, he was another musician, another vagrant, another piece of shit. Uh, he, claims, Yeah, another Christ, degenerate. Dude. He claimed that three years earlier, Courtney Love had offered him 50 grand to murder Kurt Cobain. He <sighs> even passed an on-screen polygraph test with this claim in Nick Broomfield's documentary, Kurt and Courtney. And eight days after the polygraph test, he was found dead on a railroad track outside of L.A.
1: Jesus Christ, that's dark.
3: Now, what do we think here? I mean, in in ter- like, I know that we really just like brush that because we could do a whole episode on Kurt's death, um, but this is just the cliff notes. But I mean, I mean, you guys think for sure Courtney did it? Mm,
1: yes.
2: If she did not do it, she was a very large influence, and this to me feels like this to me feels like who framed roger rabbit
3: <laughs> okay who framed kirk of um but like okay i go through all this stuff and i think like are we giving courtney love too much credit here <laughs> like do like, like i'm not could've saying could've that, that she pulled the not, <laughs> trigger i know that i know <laughs> she didn't pull the trigger but she's the mastermind she's the
1: fucking uh, lex luger of this whole thing hey here's 50k go kill a guy for me that's not really a mastermind plan so the heroin junkie that killed him came up with this plan that escaped cops uh investigation. She he was about to divorce her before he died. He wasn't going to he was going to take her out of his will. He didn't want to be around her. He wanted to take the kid away from her. So he, she, he was <clears> about <throat> to like sweep her whole life out from under her. So uh if she just kills him, then she gets all of his money. She gets all the sales from his records I, that are yeah, obviously going to boom after he dies and she gets to <laughs> keep her kid. I understand that. I get the motivation was there,
3: but Courtney love heroin junkie. Degenerate (laughs) is just like coming up with this plan to, and the cops are just like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What do you mean? That's what I'm saying. (laughs) The cops are just miffed by this plan and
1: they're just like checks out. Well I did. I was talking. Uh, I mean, there's no evidence. Obviously she could have fucking paid off the cops. Who knows? Well, we just went through all the evidence the The shotgun that was not inspected until months later and was quote unquote wiped down possibly. So more of a co- are we saying more of a cop botching
3: like just saying suicide check the box than Courtney masterminding the plan.
1: Death
2: I'm, by misadventure. I
1: mean, I honestly would not be surprised to find out that she paid someone to kill him and then also paid whoever came there like hey. This is a suicide, all right? Here's a little extra money for you.
3: But it's also like when you, because also when you look at both sides of this thing and you look at like all these things and like, yeah, she could have paid somebody to kill him. Like it could have been a plan. It could have been a fucking setup. But it's also, you hear a bunch of people using the excuse of like, Kurt's friend said he was like never suicidal. Like he wasn't suicidal. Oh yeah. That's always what people say about people who commit suicide that like this guy like you never would have seen it coming you know like
2: robin williams dude the happiest people are usually the saddest man this guy's living up in rainy seattle he's probably depressed as fuck all the time i think that his mom said that was hereditary depression in their family
3: uh maybe depression yeah um but there is like accidental deaths in his family, but some people say that they were suicides, but it wasn't. It was like Some his, people are saying it was like a curse and yeah, watching. But it's like his uncle like dropped his gun and it went off and killed him, and then the other guy in his family was like drunk and fell down the stairs and died. Like it's yeah. not like they committed suicide. It's not like he did either. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> okay. all right, so still no chance that Kurt could have been deeply troubled and pulled the trigger himself,
1: I mean, I could see that he was depressed with everything that was going on in his life at the at the time, but still i don't I don't buy that a guy with a lethal dose of heroin in his body okay, so the heroin killed is the big himself. thing for you I mean that's mm-hmm. but there's like so many contributing factors okay okay that we've just discussed
3: all right well what next are you, up? what are
1: you under the impression of
3: see i don't I don't really know I mean i do I think I really do think that he could have uh, just offed himself with the shotgun. I do think there is a lot of weird stuff, but but it's like, how many conspiracies have we looked at? And it's like, when you put anything under a microscope, you're going to find weird shit. Mm. There's just
1: so many in this case, dude.
3: Yeah, but there's so many in a lot. These could just be like, you
1: know... It is what it is, and yeah. we're just looking too hard into Too it. hard, like, like, and it's you, also, you you, want you don't, yeah. don't want to believe that someone exactly. like that could do yes, it, so yes. you're, like, looking for something to And that'll get into my
3: spiel in the end. Yeah, it's like, it's, it is, it's easier to say he was killed. He was set up. He was murdered, uh, you know. It's not as easy to kind of point to the true issues, which, you know, we'll get into a little later here.
2: You know this case made me think of? There was a, recently there was this girl that like texted some boy and was like, oh, you should just kill yourself. You know, you, you know, that's so what the name That of, is
3: fucked up. That fucking documentary yeah. is fucked up. That's like, I, it's like, I love you now die. Right.
2: I think that sounds right. But I'm wondering if like Courtney is kind of like in his head, like, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dude,
3: hundred percent. I would like, the reason I can't listen to whole Courtney love is like an insufferable manipulative person, an awful person. I guarantee, (laughs) yeah, degenerate, real degenerate. I guarantee Kurt being around her was like, let me get out of here, boom. (laughs) I mean, not to be that crass about it, but I am saying like, you know, it's fucked up.
2: Maybe she's a Wiccan, put a curse on him. If I can't have him, nobody can. That's it, and that's all,
1: baby.
3: Now, next up, Amy Winehouse. I got to say, I really didn't do too much research into this one. I mean, 2011, 17 years after Cobain's death, Amy Winehouse dies at the age of 27. Um, this promoted another interest in the media around the club once again. And with this one, you know, this is like, do you guys remember this?
1: Yes. Uh, Yes, I do.
3: I would say this one is like kind of similar to like the Britney Spears stuff where Mm. but she's like an alcoholic like amy Winehouse struggled with alcohol and so like she's in and out of rehab the paparazzi's up her ass constantly the tabloids are harassing her like her addiction is playing out on a main stage and then boom of course she's going to relapse die of alcohol poisoning
2: now wasn't she at bam's wedding
3: i do not know
1: that have to ask Bam yeah have to ask Bam I know where he well, it's lives it's not like he's gonna remember well Rob knows where Bam lives oh sick I accidentally parked outside of his house one day when I went to the beach <laughs> came back to my car to find Bam drunkenly stumbling into his house and I said holy shit is that Bam right there and then he like
2: turned and waved at me and my buddy and he said you better check out the podcast from outer space or F you-
3: <laughs> <laughs> we got him to do another promo video <laughs> Um now what what is he Bam's said, wedding I said hey what
1: are you about to do and he said whatever the fuck I want <laughs> <laughs> What does Bam's wedding have to do with this
2: No I'm just saying there I thought I thought she was there And that's a whole bunch of degenerates hanging out in one place.
3: And here's a fun fact. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think there was too much like odd shit going around. And this happened in the modern age. So, you know, the media is all over this one. Like there's not really a lot of mystery or like possibility that she was murdered or anything like that. Right? At least that I found.
2: You're just chalking it up to alcohol.
3: I mean, I would say chalk it up to alcohol. Yeah, definitely.
2: The cause of and solution to all of life's problems.
3: I mean, look at her song, dude. They tried to make her go to rehab. What did she say? No, no, no. <laughs> this is a good episode. <laughs> um, I mean, just an- another tragic
1: event gone too soon. I mean, uh, very similar to Janis Joplin, except due to alcoholism and mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. being hey, check a this one degenerate.
2: Out. I was trying to count numbers, man. Guess I was like, how many letters are in Amy Winehouse? But there's 12, not nine. But there's a whole bunch.
3: How many letters in just Winehouse?
2: Exactly. Nine. Nine. Nine times three in Amy equals... 27.
3: Is that true? I'm not good at math.
2: <laughs> you can't do nine times three. <laughs> it's fucking 27 (laughs) (laughs) just fucking around
3: (laughs) um all right now let's get to some because i guess you know just throw this one in here for good measure there's a couple like musicians are obviously the most popular members um but i was researching this google also told me one does not have to be a musician to get into the 27 club (laughs) obviously your buddy from softball's cousin is a member
2: yeah was he an Uh, actor I don't know. I, I didn't really. It got really kind of morbid after
1: <laughs> that. All right. Well, so Rolling Stone. This is not slander on your buddy, all right? Yeah. This is not slander.
3: Now, Rolling Stone included television actor Jonathan Brandis. Now, this was the kid who played a young Bill in the original It. Oh, wow. Uh, he actually committed suicide in 2003 at the age of 27. Hmm. Also, Anton uh, Yelchin. You remember this guy? Film actor. He was in uh, Star Trek and Green Room and shit. Oh, that was a freak accident. Yes, that was a fucking misadventure. Because <laughs> he died, he's another member of the this club. Died in 2016. This is not funny. It was like his e-brake went out and like pinned him against the fucking... It was, uh, from signs. Yeah, he was coming yes. around
1: behind his jeep and it yeah, pinned him yeah dude against that's the fucking fe- crazy his uh he had like uh one of those fences that you know the the brick with the fucking metal gate that slides open pinned him right between that and he pinned tried him. and killed him he tried to call for help but by the time that's people got there up,
2: dude oh my god
1: and yep 27 add him to the club
2: wasn't wait? Wasn't he in like a punk band too?
3: Yeah, he was also in a punk band. That's the, the green. The movie Green Room. Check it out if you haven't. It's uh, it's like about these punks that get fucking into some crazy shit. Check it out. Um, now likewise, Rob, you might know this one. Uh, I do. D- how do you say this gentleman's name?
1: I can never say John Jean- right. Michael Basquiat. Okay, Basquiat. Jay Z is like a big fan, right? Buys his I art. Mean, he's done some of the some of the uh, sickest art you might ever see.
3: <laughs> okay, now he has also been included in the Twenty Seven Club, despite the relative uh, brevity of his music career. Uh, but he was a prominent graffiti artist and painter. Uh, don't his paintings go for like fucking twenty seven mil now?
1: Yeah, big. He was a big uh, Andy Warhol guy. They used yeah. to hang out all the time.
3: Yeah, and he was doing, he OD'd on uh, Speedballs. Yes, he did. And he. In New York, baby, the city that never sleeps. Big influence for you in the Rob documentary on the (laughs) Shitey Nation YouTube. Check it out. (laughs) It's in the description. Some say that you were the next Basquiat.
1: Basquiat.
3: Basquiat. (laughs) Some say. Some say. Um, The world may never know. Now, did you guys have any other members uh, that we're leaving off or that you wanted to mention?
1: Uh, our boy that we're about to get into.
3: Okay, let's get into it. So, let, this is like our theory segment. So, obviously, like we talk about these tragic deaths. Now, some say it's like some grand cabal, some big overarching theory, something with all these people. Like It's not just coincidence. So, let's start with number one, which I think is probably the most plausible, deal with the devil. I like to call it, or going down to the crossroads. Uh, now, Same as we day. said, <laughs> as we said, the whole idea of this club starts around 6971 with the Big Four. But if we dig a little deeper, go a little further back, we can trace the origins of the 27 Club back to the late 1930s. This also is where this whole narrative out there that like rock and roll is the devil's music. Mm. That also like kind of comes from this. So for those of you that don't know, this goes back to the tale of Robert Johnson, born in 1911. Another J name. Uh, Yeah, Mm. and actually his birthday was, uh, I think, like a few days ago, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, But maybe you never heard of this guy. Um, But you could argue that modern rock and roll would not have evolved the way it did without this gentleman. Uh, Many historians credit Mr. Johnson as being one of the founders of the blues, the Delta blues in particular, and in 1938, he also perished at the age of 27.
1: Now, can I just interject right here? Okay, what do we got? So, going back to the devil's music thing, I was watching the uh, documentary on our boy Bobby Johnson. And uh, it said that around this time, there was uh, what's called the old juke joint, where you go on the weekend, drink with your buddies, hang out, shoot some dice, play some cards, play some pool, and listen to some guys shred on a guitar. So all these guys are going out partying on Saturday night. Guess where they're not going on Sunday? Church. Church. So guess who's not getting that money because the guys aren't going? Mm. Church. So a lot of people were saying in this documentary that uh, that uh, priests in the South are the kind of the ones that started this rumor. Oh, okay, like, Devil's music because their wives were taking the kids to church, but dad nice. was a little too hungover from the night before, <laughs> so the preachers were like. They're out there listening to the devil's music. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. I never really like because, put
3: that together. but
1: Because at that time, the wives were kind of at home taking care of the kids. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. the dads weren't in there giving to the offering, church wasn't getting any money.
2: Now, I also heard uh, uh, this guy named Bobby Boucher, athlete. His mama said, foosball is the devil. Okay. And, yeah.
1: little, and little girls. And, and that was two football
3: players that died at the age of 27. Yeah
2: all right yeah now did not did not robert johnson play with one muddy waters did you guys come across that am i mixing people up here
1: i think muddy waters was a little after his time brother
3: i mean you might be right i don't i don't know i didn't uh i didn't really
1: get into like his associates i could be wrong but i believe muddy waters was a little later down the crossroads oh,
2: he, i think he influenced you're right you're right
1: he influenced i mean a this lot i was an influence a lot of legendary blues players muddy waters bb king they all say that this guy was, was like the, the fucking OG. man
3: yeah okay he was an og he was eating fucking cracklins down there <laughs> you know <laughs> let's take a big step back in time set the scene for you so the year is 1936 Robert Johnson has just recorded his song Ca- Crossroad Blues um, So I'll get that song going Now many, guitar- many guys who grew up with our boy Rob Claim that he was just never really any good at guitar Until one day he ran away Nobody really hears from him for about six months or so And he comes back just fucking shredding Just fucking melting faces in the underground blues scene uh, now, just what the hell is going on here? How the hell did this guy get so goddamn good? Practice? Or did he perhaps sell his soul for rock and roll? Now, legend here has it, boys, that uh, late one night down in Delta, down in Mississippi.
1: Mississippi.
3: Mississippi. Uh, Robert made his way to the crossroads of Highway 61 of 49. Dropped down to his knees and asked to be the greatest guitar player the South had ever seen. Now, this guy is setting realistic (laughs) goals. I like it. Like He's not saying, I want to be the best in the universe. I want to be the best in the world. He's just saying, hey, make me the best in the South. That's kind of cool.
2: Um He's going south with Janice.
3: Ooh. Yes. Now, it was at this moment, a large, shadowy figure appeared, telling him he was the devil in disguise.
2: And he better play the best song in the world.
3: <laughs> yes. Snapped his tail. Took Rob's <laughs> guitar. Tuned it. Shredded some wicked fucking licks before returning it to young Bobby. Bobby. He made it clear that with this gift came a price. Robert
1: Johnson's soul. Play the best song <laughs> in the world. <laughs> now, obviously, he comes back shredding the blues. Now, is that a take on this story? That song?
3: I probably. Mm. So obviously, like this guy comes back, he's shredding the blues scene. Uh, now, Rob puts in here, he's banging puss left and right.
2: Now, is that fact?
1: Why do you have to say that? I I'm just puss? saying
3: I w- don't write that crassly, but... Just read it. Just
2: in case Kathy's listening. Yeah. yeah he's banging
3: puss left and right. I mean, this guy can't even hold on to his guitar picks because they're covered in pussy juice.
1: So <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can put that in there, but I can't say banging puss. <laughs> Guy's yeah, fingers are falling off the damn guitar. <laughs>
2: yeah, they're all pruny.
1: Yeah, his fingers are. fucking he can't just, play tonight,
3: yeah, he can't play now. Now, legend has it this young man was poisoned by a jealous husband of one of Rob's many mistresses. Now, Sonny Boy Williamson is that who you might have been thinking of? <laughs>
1: No, no, no. Okay,
3: so Sonny Boy Williamson, he said that Johnson had been flirting with a married woman at a dance and she gave him a bottle of whiskey poisoned by her husband. When Johnson took the bottle, Williamson knocked it out of his hand saying, hey, you know, don't ever drink from a bottle that you had not personally seen open
2: here, boy. That's just good life advice.
3: Now Johnson replied,
1: don't ever knock a bottle out of my hand. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's good life advice (laughs) Now soon after he was
3: offered another poison bottle And accepted it Now we're assuming Yes this is is the story This is part of the lore, the legend Uh, Now Johnson is reported to have been feeling ill The evening after And had been helped back to his room In the early morning hours Over the next three days His condition steadily worsened And witnesses reported that he died in a convulsive state of severe pain. The old strychnine in the whiskey bit, you know, Uh, people say this was either strychnine in this whiskey or this was naphthalene, which is a poison from dissolved mothballs. Now, this kind of does add up because it was a popular poison at that time in the South.
2: (laughs) That makes sense. popular
1: poison. Yeah,
3: like people were using this stuff and and sometimes it wouldn't kill him but it would make him very ill. So if he had other were factors they playing
1: practical jokes on each other?
3: No, they were <laughs> poisoning each other, dude. It was a fucking horrible place.
1: Uh <laughs> <laughs> the south in the 30s <laughs> yeah i would argue that was a pretty <laughs> fucking bad place to live uh so was not he with mothballs? what's now. even
3: crazier is like they had two poison bottles ready to go they're like fucking lao shay
1: that's, well, that's poison <laughs> mr johnson the poison <laughs> you just drank <laughs> like, <laughs> <yeah>. well the <laughs> guy was banging his wife
2: so he's just like I'm gonna rig up two. Like I get now. He did not say banging his wife. There's nowhere in there doesn't say pussy juice from this man's wife. <laughs> Hanging out with his wife he was at a dance with the maid, which that's also good life advice. What? Don't
1: bang don't another man's Don't be flirting wife.
2: with. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I hey, you need to take you're, some of you're that. You're lucky that hey, you
3: yeah, didn't yeah, get yeah, poisoned, yeah, yeah, yeah. right, bud?
2: All right, this is why I don't drink anything I haven't seen personally open.
3: Okay, there you go. You need to adhere to that rule strictly. Even if it's slurricane.
2: <laughs> yeah. This is slander.
3: Even if it's tea, dude. Even if it's uh, Arizona tea, do not drink that, dude.
2: This is my weakness.
3: Because you will be poisoned by possibly a Marine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, God. <laughs> That's
3: <shit. laughs> <laughs> no. So on the back of bobby's death certificate it was written that he died from complications of syphilis
1: now is that a Mm. cover-up
3: i i mean again a black guy die on a plantation in the south in the 1930s i don't think the cops are really like putting guys on this case
2: it's like that uh cocaine (laughs) oh sprinkle some crack on him (laughs)
3: Oh, like just yeah. I mean, it it is as fucked up as it is. That is kind of true. Like I'm yeah. sure the cops were just like, oh, uh,
1: syphilis, well, syphilis. <laughs> but next case.
3: no, it, hey, if he was, if he had the pussy juice on his pics, he probably could have got syphilis back
1: then. Common uh, STD. Well, the guy <laughs> was drowning in it. Now, what are we thinking here? You know, this sounds pretty goddamn epic to me. But in most instances, I think when we can't explain something we tend to, like, blame it on, oh, the mm-hmm. devil's music, oh, like... Made a deal with... Like, just because this guy was so good and created a new form well, of music? I, I think, personally, the guys... So, imagine, if you will, that you're a, bl- a blues writer back in the day, and then th- this kid comes out of nowhere that, like, a couple months ago, you saw him playing guitar, he sucked, and then all of a sudden he's coming to the same bars as you just fucking shred and everyone wants to see him play. No one gives a shit about you anymore. You might start up a rumor, you know? Okay. I, I mean, it. yeah, I get what I you're saying. I personally wouldn't do that, but <laughs> who the fuck? <laughs> he would, he might. Who knows, you know, back in the old 1930s. Oh, it must've been the devil. Oh, I've seen him at the crossroads myself. Okay. Yeah. Mm. And also it's like, Like, just anything to just make him, like, sound shitty. Okay,
0: yeah.
3: And this is, like, this might might not come off, right? But I was thinking maybe, like, uh, because nobody really gave a fuck about this guy until the blues became what it did. And then people were, like, let's, like, go back, you know, trace it back. Found out about this guy. Historians started diving into this guy's life research and they really couldn't find anything. Because like we said, you know, black guy, South, 1930s. But like maybe this whole devil crossroads bit, like did this just come out of like blues historians not understanding like African-American culture or Ebonics? Like they were just like, yeah, boy I went down a crossroads there one day. And then the, the blues historians like, since he went down to the crossroads, probably make a deal with the devil. And they're like, it's just like, they just don't understand they just get
1: that together.
3: Yeah. Just like the, just, I'm sure the slang at the time was like insane. And they go back and maybe talk to these old guys that knew him or like try to find these writings. And they're just like, don't understand
1: it. So just this whole kind
3: of bit and myth evolves from that.
1: Uh, well, I mean, there's literally stories of that. If you watch that documentary, about the crossroads. There's people saying that he told them that or that he w- he went to the crossroads to seek advice.
3: Yeah, but again, like that's what I'm saying. This could have been like some inside joke or some like uh something that maybe meant something different oh, back yeah, then yeah. to those people. And I these under- people are taking it at like face value.
1: <laughs> no, I understand that but what I'm saying is like there there was actual well I don't think any or most of those musicians around that time are still alive today, but that that uh, documentary has some pretty interesting interviews in it.
3: Okay, and this, you mean the Netflix, um, what is the name of it so that people can watch?
1: I think it's Devil at the Crossroads, but hold on. It is, Devil at the Crossroads.
3: Okay, so yeah, check that out on Netflix, pretty interesting um i mean what a little flick what do you got T-Bag? did robert johnson um start this whole thing by literally selling his soul and then these musicians are cursed after that are, are all these legends have sold their souls as well what do we think
2: i hope so i think that sounds badass
3: that is fucking badass that's like the most this is like probably the most romanticized version of like rock and
2: fucking and roll right well that's what that's what i'm saying like <clears throat> If you disappear for six months, come back shredding, and someone says, how'd you get so good? And you just go, yeah, I practiced really hard. That sounds lame. (laughs) Yeah, but
3: selling your soul to the fucking devil, throwing up metal horns.
2: Badass, dude. And now people know like, hey, all I got to do is go down to the crossroads, sell my soul to the devil, die at 27, boom. Famous. Famous.
3: I mean, let's not glorify the club that much.
2: Let's not. (laughs) Disclaimer.
3: All right, so that's one theory. Now, other theories kind of go about, like, Illuminati blood sacrifices. Like, we talk about this in our clones episode, or Illuminati. Like, if they run the kind of, like, rock star music industry, you know, Jay-Z's throwing up signs. Is it possible that these musicians were blood sacrifices to the Illuminati reptilian overlords? Mm. What are we thinking there? That is a possibility, I think.
1: I think no. It's a little (laughs) far-fetched. Highly unlikely. It's about as likely as this guy actually going to the crossroads to meet the devil. Okay.
3: Now-
2: It really happened. I was there.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Now, another one I came across in this research was Er something known as Erickson Stages. Have you guys heard of this? Oh, yeah. Okay. So this is Eric Erickson's theory of psychological development- now there's a bunch of theories from different ages in your life. Um specifically what applies to the 27 club is stage 6, which is intimacy versus isolation. Now this occurs from ages 19 to 40 and the biggest question during these stages that someone asks themselves is will I be alone or will I be loved? This plays oh, yeah. yeah, this plays a huge role in creating supportive social networks that are important for both physical and mental health throughout an individual's life. Now, isolation. So if you go the other way, away from being loved, and you go isolation, no matter what the cause, this can have detrimental impact on your life. It may lead to feelings of loneliness and even depression, which is something we see in a lot of these 27 Club cases. It can also have a wide range of negative health consequences, including substance abuse and suicide. These are the two biggest in terms of 27 Club members. Also, you know, 27... Also, this is what I was thinking. Like, in terms of the substance abuse stuff, like... 27, you know, you're getting older. Your body is not as spry. It's not the spry young buck that it used to be. Like, maybe you just can't handle drugs like that. Like, these musicians, all well, of them... We're are we, not also shooting up heroin every day, so...
1: I, so now <laughs>
3: you're agreeing with my theory of Kurt building up a tolerance. Am I? But I'm saying even if you... <laughs> Even if you are shooting up heroin every day, like eventually you're going
1: and drinking 10 drinks in a night is a little different than uh, doing some pills, doing some Coke, doing some heroin. Yeah. I know this
3: is different than that, but I'm saying, so that is even a bigger thing. Like if you're doing heroin as like a younger person, maybe your body can handle it. It can recover from that drug more than as it, once you're like getting older, your body is just, it's, it's saying, Hey man, fuck off. Say around 27. Yeah, goes kaput. I mean, I think that could definitely be a factor in this. We talk about like substance abuse is a big string in all these cases. But yeah, I mean, check. I mean, what do you guys think of these Erickson stages? Like, it's pretty interesting that this guy has it pinned and these, all these things kind of play into 27 Club. And this is the age
1: where. Well, not to mention the uh, insane amount of fame that pretty much all these people had yeah just
2: no i was just gonna say and the feeling of being burnt out doing the same thing playing the same songs being a monkey
3: yeah basically just being numbers to these fucking record suits you ever get tired of playing the same songs every night um but no if you're interested in this uh because this is actually this was pretty interesting i was looking this stuff up and on it was on verywellmind.com. Um, but check out uh, VeryWellMind.com for intimies, intimacy versus isolation. Um, they have, like, some ways that you can, like, work through your feelings of isolation. And I know, you know, like, we joke around a lot on this podcast, but uh, I would say, in all seriousness, like, if you are having suicidal thoughts, like, please contact somebody You know, there's a, there's resources out there that you, that can help you like the national suicide prevention lifeline. And I mean, like if, even if anybody just listening to this is struggling, like feel free to drop us a line, you know, I mean, Rob and I run the page and and we'd be more than willing to listen to anybody out there who might be struggling, you know,
1: podcast from outer space is here for you, baby. Yeah.
2: Can't stress that enough. Yeah. We do joke around about it. I know I've lost friends personally to suicide You can see the boards of my office. I've got the Ben Ramers board, the Why So Sad, mental health, the whole suicide prevention thing. We're big. Shit, man. I'm thinking about starting an Instagram page just in case someone wants to reach out to me. Y'all got me thinking.
3: Yes. Now... Getting into another theory, so there's also, and I I don't know how much I, I mean, this is more in y'all's wheelhouse, the whole numerology factor. I mean, Polish professor, what do we got on that? Two plus seven equals nine. Nine is the end of a cycle. Flip that. We got six, 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 six. Numerology, dude.
2: And that's a magic number.
3: If six was nine? Yeah, 27. Or if nine was six. Any more uh, numerology things? They say that math is the language of God, don't they?
1: I think, that's Who a, says that? I think that's from Pacific Rim. But that is a true statement. <laughs> Rim job? <laughs> I got some stuff on a astrology.
3: Okay. Now, yeah, I know you are also big astrology tarot card type stuff. What do we got on Big, tarot, guy, big crystal yeah, guy. Big crystal guy. Uh, big astrology guy. What do we got there? So
1: I found what is interesting that uh, you guys ever heard of the Saturn return? No, I have not. So, the Saturn return is uh, when Saturn returns. (laughs) 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 That's the fucking research. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to fuck (laughs) with
3: you. (laughs) Saturn's just leaving it (laughs) like that.
2: (laughs) That's it.
3: (laughs) Hey, guys, hear me out of here, guys. This is a crazy one. The Saturn
1: return <laughs> is when
3: Saturn <laughs> returns. Where did it go?
1: It's
2: out to get a pack of cigarettes. Never came. <laughs>
1: <from>. <laughs> no. So your Saturn return is when Saturn returns to the same place in the sky that it was when you were born. This typically oh, happens okay. in your oh. late twenties, anywhere from twenty six to twenty nine. Interesting. Mm. Again, I, what? Does,
3: that doesn't sound right, but I don't know
1: enough about space to dispute it. I mean, think about how far (laughs) Saturn out. How far out Saturn is? (laughs) Jesus Christ!
2: (laughs) Very far out, man. Okay,
1: it's far Um, out,
2: man. So
3: twenty about twenty seven years, and then sometimes Saturn is the one killing them.
1: But Saturn is known as the teacher planet in astrology. So when it completes its orbit, it's saying that it's supposed to like teach you some life (laughs) lessons, make you reflect on yourself, and you know maybe at that same time these people are going through all this crazy stuff. Got a lot on their minds
3: And that's also Are we familiar with a little film 2001 A Space Odyssey Why aren't you directing 2010 What planet does he go to <laughs> Saturn Dave goes to Saturn And remember he's being like Let in on all the stuff And he's in this fucking room And there's like a dresser And then he's like a baby yeah. Like a fetus dude Saturn's return. <clears throat> turn Was Dave part of the 27 Club Open the pod bay <laughs> doors Hal I'm sorry Dave I'm afraid I can't do that.
0: <laughs> Boom.
3: how 9000, baby. Okay, so there we go. Astrology. Is that all we got? It's just the
1: Saturn return? What I, is it so That was the that was saying like a, a lot of these people, if you look at like you could look it up yourself if you guys are listening, feel free to look up here. Saturn return. <laughs> just go ahead and google that. No, but I'm saying uh, I looked it up on a couple of these is around about the same time. But so what, like, so Saturn is
3: evil and is killing no, these people? No, it's not
1: killing them. It's just saying that that's a time in your life when you're going through a lot of controversy, a lot of self-reflection. And this is what It could, could be very you? depressing. Okay, not, okay. Not that, I'm not saying that Saturn is killing them. No, it. I know
3: that. I'm just saying, like, the, the
1: return is.
3: Saturn coming back, you it's know? It's just
1: that, that particular time in their life is a little bit harder on them okay and some know?
3: people don't make it to the other side
1: so people are just making that connection you know
3: okay down <clears throat> there now there's also this like uh, I did I really didn't know this because this I thought was pretty interesting I had always heard growing up, uh, always smoking stuff, you know, and heard that <laughs> white lighters were bad luck. Did you guys hear this? Yes, I did.
1: Yeah. Because I had a white lighter one time.
3: Okay. I didn't know that that was a connection to the 27 Club. Apparently there's some rumor that like all these people had a white lighter well, on them when they
1: died. I've heard that not, not Brian Johnson, but I heard that Jim Morrison, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, and Kurt Cobain all did. What about Amy? Not Amy.
3: Yeah, but then it's also like Bick didn't start making
1: those white lighters until 1973. But there was a company out there that was. Okay. I'm not sure the name of it. Um, I I fucking texted it to you. I can't remember the name. I want to say it's It was called Mick. (laughs) No, it wasn't.
3: (laughs) It was called Zick. Zipper or something. (laughs) Okay, zipper (laughs) lighters. Now... What about like uh but because Kurt Cobain's you, was pink
1: though? Yeah, if you look at the, pictures, the pictures. Yeah,
3: but it, I guess it could. Well. But it also said in his pocket, okay, so that so was in the he had cigar multiple box. Lighters, so. Yeah, and it said it. That was smoking a lot. And Jim Morrison though, did he have his pants on in the tub? Well, or according to just, you guys, maybe he did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I thought that a- was a- pretty suit. interesting, but, <laughs> but then. I'm digging deeper into this white lighter connection. There's not much on that other than it's possibly just a rumor that was started.
2: To sell more white lighters? Okay.
3: Well, Well, honestly, that would be detrimental to the white lighter business. You
2: think? Yeah.
3: But there was also the myth that all of these people were left-handed. Well, Jimmy was. Okay. Obviously, we know Jimmy was. Do you know how hard it is to find out what hand somebody writes with? I looked up every person. I could not find anything on it.
2: Yeah, but just look at YouTube videos of them playing the guitar.
3: Yeah, but you're a good like uh but just because somebody plays guitar left-handed doesn't mean they don't like they could yeah, play
1: guitar I'm left-handed, but I play guitar right-handed. Yeah, he right-handed. plays guitar right-handed, but he writes left-handed. I play hockey yeah. left-handed, but I golf right-handed.
2: Okay, but if you can do something left-handed, there's very little I can do left-handed
1: okay i i get that
3: what i'm saying is i could not find any definitive proof that all these people (laughs) were (laughs) (laughs) left-handed no but i was saying you're a left-handed uh bit of a left-handed connoisseur
2: that's true redhead left hand yes yes diamond in the rough
3: like did you know of any did you hear about any of these people being left-handed before like jim janice
2: just hendrix okay yeah everybody
3: knows that right um all right, well, I'm looking it up right now, dude. Are you? Did you not hear what I said? I looked it up for many, many weeks.
1: <laughs> well, I just found it right now on two different. He's w- left-handed. He's got a connection. This says that Kurt Cobain, Janis Joplin, Robert Johnson, Jimi Hendrix, Amy Winehouse. All well, why, what's that left-handed? website?
2: Fakeads.com.
1: <laughs> you must be. <laughs> Uh, it's on some blog website. Yeah, so. like
3: it's it's just the same myth. It's like all of them together. Like I looked individually. Like I typed the pen dot org <laughs> pen fifteen.
1: <15? laughs> <No. laughs> it's like pen p e n n. I okay. Like I Pennsylvania. mean
3: Pennsylvania. It's a like any listeners out there. If you want to dive in and let us know if all of these people
1: were left handed, feel free. Well, that's just I just told you that not all of them, but a majority. Why why would it? If it was all of them, it would say that.
3: I'm just saying, pen. dot com is not like the most pen fifteen. <laughs> it's not the most trusted source.
2: Yeah, but isn't all right? Isn't left handedness often associated with like creativity and stuff? So it would make sense these artists.
3: Yeah, devil's
2: hand. Left hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All
3: right. Well, all right. Maybe they were. Maybe they weren't. Um, it's neither here nor there. Yeah. That's it. So this. So this theory, and this is kind of to round us out.
1: You know. Because this is play us out, what does that mean?
3: Not to play us out, but just to kind of round it out. Because this, there's a lot to this one. And when you look like this, is the research so strange scenes inside the canyon by David McGowan. This is a book that I got, and I was in this kind of goes in hand in hand with the MK Ultra connection. Remember, we kind of talked about MK Ultra setting up the whole hippie scene
2: in several episodes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
3: mostly our MK Ultra episode. But so this book, I get this book, and I'm really excited to read it because it has a similar like premise, you know, big huge conspiracy, um, the counterculture, hippies, shit like that. And all these musicians are connected. Now I started doing an episode that was just on that, which is kind of spawned the MK Ultra episode. But this book, as I got deeper and deeper, Kind of reminded me of the book I used to do our episode on sensual alien encounters. You remember that?
1: Another hit episode. Check that one out. (laughs) It
3: was just like all over the place. It was almost unreadable, but I tried to sludge through it for the Loyal Legion.
1: But uh, we still got an episode out of it.
3: Yeah, I'll basically give you the cliff notes because it kind of does fit with the big picture of the 27 Club, but it's more of a conspiracy theory angle. So. Basically, this whole book's thesis is that the 1960s counterculture, the hippies. You remember uh, William Buckley when he said that in the interview with Jack Kerouac? The hippies. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody got that reference? (laughs) The hippies. (laughs) So, So it's basically saying that the hippies was an intelligence operation. More specifically, the entire rock revolution was a giant military psyop. Now, the author strings together a ton of strange coincidences, mostly strange deaths. He kind of goes on to argue that the music and counterculture scene that sprung to life in the 60s was not truly an organic grassroots resistance movement that is perceived to be by many people today. And again, you know, this kind of fits with like what we were talking about with MKUltra. Uh, he goes on to claim that the movement was basically manufactured so that it could be steered. And at the same time, he's presenting all these deaths as proof for the, that the scene was supposed to be about peace, love, understanding. But it was actually very dark and violent. Um, but, you know, that's not that crazy because I feel like... That time is super romanticized in terms of U.S.
2: history. Sure, that's all they show us is the bright, happy stuff.
3: And it, you know, it's like one of my buddy's friends. His dad was in the army, like maybe the National Guard, and like worked Woodstock '69. And he said it was. Baby. He said nice. it was like the most disgusting thing. Like people were just shitting everywhere. Women were being raped.
1: They didn't have enough like, bathrooms.
3: I, but yeah, Ugh. just people doing drugs. These degenerates doing drugs and Music raping Festival. each other. you ever other. been to one? <laughs> yeah it's fucked up <laughs> but I'm saying it's perceived as like peace love it was beautiful like that's probably not the case you know well um different set of opinions baby well
2: beauty's in the eye of the beholder
3: well one of the things he strings together is that a thriving anti-war movement existed before the first hippies emerged along with a women's rights movement a black empowerment black panther movement and various other movements aimed at bringing about major changes in society All of a sudden, this was eclipsed by the hippies, the flower children. They put a face on all of these movements that was offensive to mainstream America and in turn, much easier to demonize. Thoughts so
1: far? Sorry, I had a fight in your Black Panther party.
3: (laughs) That's what we got out of that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think this actually goes back to what we were talking about before when anytime someone can't relate to something or explain something... They're just mm. like, oh, here's the reason why this is fucked up. Let me tell you about it. Like, so, so someone just masterminded the whole entire hippie movement and it wasn't well, you, actually real. Okay. That's what this
3: guy is arguing yes. yeah. <laughs> Sounds like bullshit to me. <laughs> okay,
1: well, Sounds like the hippies didn't accept this guy in or.
2: <laughs> now he's got yeah. to he, demonize. He went to
1: go <laughs> hang out on fucking in san francisco one time and got joked or something he's well, like fuck these hippies Well, his was, whole, they're not even real man yeah his they're <laughs> not even real bro they're a fucking movement that was made up by the government
2: man he's the one guy that couldn't get laid
1: <laughs> yeah yeah went to woodstock <laughs> didn't get laid <laughs> yeah.
3: so i mean he presents his facts now he does now yeah, this is pretty interesting so he presents a fact that there was a top-secret military film studio called Lookout Mountain Air Force Station in Laurel Canyon, uh, Ligma. and it was not like <laughs> 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 there's no G, there's no G <laughs> there. no, just, um, no, but this did exist. This was a thing you can like look it up. It's pretty interesting to read about, and it is now Jared Leto's residence. Mm. And, and who did he play?: The Joker. And I, that's a connection that I just made. Jared Leto living there was not in the book, but I was looking up the station and it was converted into a private residence now. Jared Leto owns it. Um, did you guys hear about like the stuff he did when they were filming Suicide Squad and he was the joker? Mm, did not. what kind of stuff
2: was he was he twenty seven years old contemplating suicide because the movie was so terrible?
3: I don't think so. so this is I'm not even shitting you, dude. Jared Leto, like I thought this was a joke when I was first reading it. When he was playing the Joker, um, uh, I guess he's the method actor, like um what's his face? Like greatest actor of all time, Daniel Day Lewis. Like he stays in character the whole time they're filming. Okay. And so he was doing that with the Joker. And he's like other cast members, Will Smith, Margot Robbie. He sent them stuff like v- creepy video messages, a live rat, bullets, oh, I did. Okay, a yes. dead I did. pig. I heard about a that. U- used condoms and anal beads. <laughs> i did not like, hear dude, about that
1: part like, I'm serious, i heard about you can the, look i heard up, about dude. the dead pig and the rats <laughs> but i didn't hear about
3: the insane. other
2: stuff let's we'll start sending you guys that dude, stuff yeah. oh, and
3: he's like just trying to get into character and dude, like imagine will smith getting a used <laughs> condom and anal beads at his house like, it's
2: just like here one. you go will And now we know why his wife trying to divorce him.
3: Yeah. So he so Jared Leto lives in this place. This was a top secret Mount uh, lookout Mountain Air Force Station. Look this shit up. Um, Now, this place was on the books officially, quote, 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 as a film processing studio for nuclear testing footage. Um, but, you know, he says in the book That just doesn't add up Why would the military schlep film All the way to Nevada From Nevada to Laurel Canyon They could have developed it anywhere uh, And this is also possibly Where the moon landing was filmed Not I true I thought that was a Hollywood basement Yep Laurel Canyon, dude That's right by Hollywood Basement, studio Government, mm-hmm. secret. Laurel
1: Canyon, not Hollywood
3: though. Oh, pretty close <laughs> uh, Now, this was a fully equipped studio with sound stages, screening rooms, an animation department, climate controlled vaults, a bomb shelter. What do they need an animation department for, if I might ask?
2: Got to make the cartoons, yeah. dog. Disney
3: cartoons. We're going to do a Disney mm-hmm. episode. You'll see all the propaganda with that. Propaganda, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, a helipad and Hollywood luminaries ranging from ho- Ronald Reagan to Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> All had clearance to work there on undisclosed projects. Interesting. Yes, very interesting. And also, this is kind of like have you guys read that book, Chaos uh, by Tom O'Neill? I believe it's all about like Manson's CIA connection. This even kind of goes into that, you know? Boom, you get Manson was like a CIA operative, you get him in the mix, and boom, you further discredit the hippie movement. Mm. And now I'm thinking courtney love was she fuck a fucking cia Ooh. operative
1: could see it um but you know i i the think degenerate the degenerate <laughs> courtney love you think she masterminded this dude? she was a cia
3: operative she was a cia operative that's what i'm saying Oh, now. Uh, now you're saying it maybe she was maybe that was all a facade man She's working for the government, man. Yeah, but no, this guy's whole book just kind of rambles on about this, and it has. He does string a, t- together like a lot of deaths. Like there is uh, some weird connections with like Jim Morrison's dad was like a, a admiral in the navy, and he, he was. was in charge of Gulf of Tonkin, which is how we got into the Vietnam War, weird. which would like didn't even happen. It was a false flag or some shit, right?
1: Mm. I mean,
3: I don't that's know pretty enough fucking about crazy.
1: History to tell you that, but well, sure. I do.
3: Uh, so there you go. That's fucking crazy. Now, this whole book is—it sounds kind of crazy, right? It's like you were saying. This is probably some hippie didn't
1: get laid. He starts fucking demonizing the hippies. Uh, this sounds like the guy that owned the bar that <laughs> Jim Morrison. <did laughs> at. Oh, yes. He's just
3: uh, trying to throw his name in there. So you take this book at face value. This guy's a crazy lunatic. You know, these are all just coincidences. It's fucking Fugazi is a Fugazi, right? <laughs> But it does seem very convenient for the powers that be uh, to have not only the major political leaders fighting for change, you know, JFK, 1963, Malcolm X, 1965, RFK, 1968, MLK, 1968, all die at the hands of a lone gunman. And then you've got some of the most charismatic and talented uh people in the counterculture, Jimmy, Janice, Jim, uh, many others all die around the same time.
1: Interesting. Yes. What are we thinking? I mean, some of uh Jimmy's closest friends and family even said that uh he was on a list just like Malcolm X and Martin Luther. But
2: Okay. I, I don't doubt
3: there.
1: that. I don't dispute that. Um what do you think
3: about that tea bag? That whole grandiose conspiracy, government steering this shit.
2: Very interesting.
3: <laughs> You're gonna LeBron James me?
2: They're trying to quash that counterculture, baby.
3: Did you guys see the the LeBron? This might go. This might play into our next segment. But did you see the LeBron James like when he he has like the he will show up to like press conferences with like a Malcolm X book. And they were like, "Oh, yeah! I noticed you're reading Malcolm X's biography. What, like, what did you think?" And he's like, "Honestly, I only I only just started reading it. Interesting, interesting guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, are you kidding? like a lot of a lot of stuff about uh, race. Very interesting." And it's just what, like, <laughs> was it just to just give like, a speech on the. A book report to those fucking guys. No, no, a book report. Like, like if somebody asked you about like Malcolm X, wouldn't you have more to say than just interesting? Not if I hadn't Uh, read the book. Exactly. So then, why bring the book with you? (laughs) 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 Um. But no. So that kind of plays into my next thing, which is like this idea of like paparazzi, public eye. Mental illness because it is mental health awareness month. Um, and so, this is kind of my closing thoughts, and you guys can jump in here after if you got anything to say. But um, there's a bunch of ways we can look at this, and one of them is obvious. We say, yeah, the industry's corrupt. You know, any artist's early de- demise, bad habits can be chalked up to just that. Uh, You know, the industry places incredible pressures on artists while at the same time offering them unlimited access to every vice imaginable. Uh, So, of course, this is a recipe that some of them aren't going to make it out of. You know, some of them are doomed with this recipe. And I will say in all the research I did for this, there's one thing that just kind of gets lost in the shovel, and that is that like the mental health of these artists themselves. You know, it's much easier to point to all these external factors, like we said with uh, Kurt's death uh, and say, you know, hey, you know, they were set up there. There was this corrupt manager, disgruntled spouse that killed them. They got a bad batch. Uh, You know, they aren't, they aren't dead at all. They faked it. Um, But, you know, the grim reality of it could be the simple fact that this person as an individual just was not in a good mental place. You know, like we said, Jimmy was exhausted, probably why he took nine sleeping pills. Kurt, he became something he never wanted to be. You know, at the age of of 23, 22, he was marketed as the voice of Generation X. Uh, Amy Winehouse, also constantly berated by the paparazzi. Uh, Her struggles with addiction played out for everybody to see, Uh, you know, and People always say that like true art comes from a place of struggle. You know, is it possible that this trauma, this struggle creates good art or is it the artists themselves dealing with this pain and struggle? You know, and it, and I think it could be a combination of both, but the whole point is that many times when you're dealing with these like mega pop artists and, and huge rock stars, the human element is lost. You know, at the end of the day, the 27 Club, this is just a group of people who were just that human. Uh, and one way or another, their lives were cut short because of the struggles they went through. Uh, you know, whatever that might be, you know, nobody else is going to under- understand that but that person. Uh, and, you know, it's like Rob said earlier, uh, I think he wrote a line in there uh, after Jimmy you know had these people been surrounded by others that were ge- that genuinely cared for them or could get them the help they needed maybe they'd still be around today and a lot of this is like uh, you could also say like oh you know oh poor them they're famous they're huge famous musicians like suck it up but does that mentality just kind of perpetuate the issue 100%
1: Oh yeah. In, in my opinion. Yeah. Because if you take the human element out of it, then you're just being a douchebag in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Cause you're, it's the same thing. I mean, this is a little off topic, but it's the same thing to me as like when people like LeBron James that you just mentioned are yeah. just like, Oh, just shut up, up and, and play dribble. basketball. Yeah. It's like, dude, the guy can say whatever the yeah. fuck he wants to say that's, who cares at the yeah, end of the day yeah. who cares how much money he's making? He's still a human being that has feelings and emotions, so it's like the same thing with these all these musicians, you know, like no one except them knows what they're going through, and in all of these cases, pretty much, like Brian Johnson just got kicked out of the band that he started, so that's a pretty fucking low place to be with all the other bullshit that's going on in his life, you know?
3: And a lot of people just see them as like, like we said, money pits yeah. or like fame or, and, and clout. Yeah, clout or, chasers. There's fucking clout chasers
0: out there. Mm.
1: Or the gyms, you know? Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison. They're hanging out with girls that probably don't give a shit about them. They're just, they're banging Jimi Hendrix, banging Jim Morrison. That's all they see, you know? They don't see all the... uh internal or even external struggles probably unfortunately
3: absolutely absolutely and yeah that's kind of what I was getting at with the LeBron James stuff like he he does do that and like kind of make an ass out of himself at these press conferences but that's better than just people telling him shut up and dribble like yeah you know and it's the same thing with these rock stars and these and these millionaires and stuff like at the end of the day, they it's like you were saying, you know, you can't take that human element away from them. Uh, they're still like that stuff does still get to people and the negative stuff and, and being in the tablets. Like we talked about on the Britney Spears
1: stuff with the clone
3: yeah. and stuff, uh, you know, like just leave her alone.
0: <laughs> and, <laughs>
3: you know? Leave her alone.
1: Well, I think even more today though, it's like even more of a microscope on especially oh, yeah, yeah. famous people, which is just fucking insane. And
3: now in what you're seeing is a lot of like, cause I have this thing in here, like future members, like who do you think, like, who would you guys say is maybe the next member? Jesus Christ. No, I'm saying, I'm just saying a serious question. I mean, I don't know anyone that's that young. I know, but it, today you're even seeing them go younger. Look at like extantation, pop smoke. Uh, mm-hmm. All these notable rappers that are going to like Juice World, Juice World, World. Uh, Yams, ASAP Yams, like all these people dying Like he was like 21.
2: New club, yeah.
3: New new club. New drugs. Didn't uh, uh crystal dude in his head, Lil Uzi <laughs> Jesus Vert. Christ, yeah. He said like it ain't 27 club, it's 21 club now.
1: I th- I think uh, Juice is actually the one that started that 21 club. The tw- yeah. That quote. I mean. What, like this is the twenty one of oh, twenty seven? Okay. Yeah, I mean
3: it, it is crazy, and it's like you're saying that probably plays into it's like no facet of their lives are private. Like even like Kurt Cobain, we said he was like maybe one of the last true rock stars. Even hit like him in the age he came about, like there was no social media. Like the interviews were the only glimpses into these people's lives you got.
1: Well, I mean, he still lived in the age where he had paparazzi following him. Yeah, now. but I'm saying that might have been more
3: of a thing back then. Like, is that starting to fade now?
2: Well, yeah, the, like you're saying, imagine if Instagram was around when Cobain was 24. That's crazy, man. But
3: everybody could be in paparazzi now. Like, you look at all this TMZ footage, it's just like random people taking Snapchats like, yeah, in, in LA true. and shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, that was just like, I just kind of wanted to throw that out there i don't with the 27 club i don't think there's any grandiose conspiracy at play i just think it's all it's a a series of unfortunate events (laughs) Yes, if you will it is very sad and it's very uh it's just that you know these it's like we said how how much more awesome stuff could these people have done in their lives 27 is such a young age and uh pour one out you know all right one out baby
2: I think it's just easy for us to, again, like we've been talking about this whole episode, if we don't understand something, we need to just write it off. And like you guys were pointing out, we can't understand. Yeah, these guys were rock stars and to us, maybe they're living the dream, but we can't can't see what they're going through. You can't see what they're feeling. And now that there's this awareness about mental health and how important it is, like, it's just crazy to me how much times have changed, man. Like me personally, like, Seeing people I know would like die from CTE, or like, I mean, you don't know until they die that they have CTE. Just mental health is a big thing for me. Like we talked about earlier, if you're out there listening, please, please take care of yourselves. Try and be a little more open-minded and patient with people because you really don't know what anybody's going through.
3: Yeah, that's, that's the real message I was trying to get across. Is Just, you know, try to be good to everybody, guys. PMA, baby. Yep. So, for this one, I want to cite performingsongwriter.com issue 93 for the mysterious death articles, um, far out magazine.co.uk, the rap.com man who murdered Jimmy Hendrix by David comfort and strange scenes inside the Canyon by David McGowan. And there you have it guys. 27 club. Uh, let us know if uh, we missed anything. If uh, maybe if you guys have some topics you want to hear us get to, shoot
1: us a line. And on that, Loyal Legion, as always, thanks for tuning in. Check us out on Podcast from Outer dot com. Grab yourself some merch. Uh, hit us up on it in the IG Podcast from Outer Space. Or if you want to shoot us an email, Podcast from Outer Space at gmail dot com. As Ryan said, you know. We take mental health very seriously here at the podcast. And if you ever are going through anything, if you're currently going through something, listening to this, feel free to reach out to us. Feel free to call someone that you know is going to listen and we're here for you. So with that. Also, I want to give some quick shout outs. Um, give a shout out
3: to nada lit vintage check them out on instagram nada dot lit dot vintage uh you know unique vintage housewares books and clothes um all handpicked uh check them out on instagram uh you know maybe buy something from them uh very cool people
1: also want to give a quick shout out to ember and pine handcrafted artisanal candles uh she is up in washington and uh You know, feel free to check her out on the IG, Ember and Pine Co.
2: Still waiting on that signature teabag scent, by the way.
1: It's in the works, baby. (laughs) And also, check out
3: uh, GS Print Company. You know, local to San Diego, veteran-owned, our very own Rob works there, Uh, co-owner, I guess you would say. CEO. Uh, Yeah, CEO, (laughs) Wait, you know, quality, affordable uh custom signs designs marketing solutions check them out gsprintcompany.com for all your printing needs
2: and as always legion be sure to follow our friends beale racing if you're on youtube uh if you're into tiktok and only fans be sure to follow our friends shelly appleseed and mr bauer 27 thanks for tuning in please please take care of your mental health take care of the mental health of those around you in any way you can And on that note, so long and thanks for all the fish.